0: in a monkey um no i'm 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 pretty sure it's bodily iconic anyways we are live starting <laughs> oh. off
1: strong <laughs>
0: do not want to guess what we were talking about before that um so let me just do my uh, obligatory uh, shilling tweets um yes yeah, so we are, this is on my channel this week and uh Uh, pin tweet pin tweet oh my god i'm I'm this this is why
2: scheduled tweets are just a a wonderful thing when i I wish twitter mobile would allow me to do it because my time on twitter would be significantly reduced
0: oh my god yeah so um they yeah they have they have automated tweets that's amazing um so here we are another episode episode five of the digital archipelago archipelago um the Prisoner's Archipelago. Um, <laughs> very special guest. It's funny because it, it, it just... I don't know why, Kat, but it just works out this way. It seems that every time we do business together, it's like two times in a row. Like back when I was on Follow the Rules, um, it was like I had one stream with you, then another thing with you or recording. It's like, I don't know. It's God God intended it that way. And it's funny because on our stream helena was with us and helena this like the exact same time an exact same like uh day um that's when that's when our good friend alex Kashuta decides to put her helena episode to the public so it's like this weirdo synchronicity um just being pummeled with uh the content so this <laughs> This you week...
1: haven't had enough of me yet <laughs> yeah i know eh?
0: i have to like force my it's, it's some of the comments they got were hilarious like my fans my fans are so generous like they're like the the one was uh this stream is great if it didn't have two women on. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but uh I, I i put i put them through it i put them through the ringer so like i said uh Yesterday was about women. Now it's about fat people today. But uh, not just about fat
1: <laughs> and people. fat women.
0: And fat I'm women fat. <laughs> exactly, yes, exactly. Um so oh, fat oh my god. Um this well, we tried a few weeks ago to pre record something, but pre- but but Matt's internet just was like not having it for some weird reason. The consequences
2: um, of living in the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah it's when i had a faulty router that was pretty touch and go for a little bit and it's it is maddening but uh hope for those who don't know who have just joined in this week we are covering three films um i don't know if i should face but it's like not i i think like if everyone else is not facing then it's like um you know not not adequate not it's just not cricket at the as the But this week we're talking about, uh, and I guess I'm the host because it's my channel. But uh, this week we're talking about three films that have similar themes. In ter- well, okay, yeah, they're they're about fat people, but like they have themes about um, desire and longing. And and the, the name of the show uh, I I thought was very like you know keyed in in theory sellish. Uh, it seems like a grad paper. Some grad papers I've actually read on this topic about the undesired bodies. And uh, so we're going to talk about these three indie films and I don't know what, where you guys want to start off. Maybe, uh, should we start off? I, I guess Pig Hag could be in the middle because it's about, oh, I
2: thought that would be the funniest one to end on just, All right, yeah. yeah. We'll do I, I, we'll I watched that one. Um, and I just, I, I took notes and that was the first of the three films that I watched. And I was just laughing through the entire time because just how it ends, and we'll get to it. But um, <laughs> I thought out of the three, it'd be a good one to maybe we hit them with the heavy stuff first. Uh, which yeah, because
0: Fatso. Yeah, because Fatso is like to me the most meaningful. But like, yeah, we'll start with heavy. We'll start with heavy. So um, maybe if you could like, I wonder if I could like pull up the uh, slideshow. I'll, I'll put another window here just to google the uh, images i guess that's what uh our good friend academic agent does all the time but uh let me let me just really quickly do that so yeah the first film is heavy this is an indie film from 95 uh, i happen to like um i happen to really enjoy early 2000s uh, indie films or like nine ni- like late 90s early 2000s um and this has Liv tyler in it who is the daughter of a uh of a Steven Tyler was that his name yeah from Aerosmith so let me just pull it up really quickly oh man the images are crazy you could just tell uh and he has these uh let me just yeah let me let me do the screen share do you guys still hear me guys
1: yep. I don't think you told me to watch heavy 95 I th- I thought we were doing the two fatsos
0: and <laughs> oh yeah we could yeah but
1: Oh, I, I've
2: seen both fatso's, so we we All can right. definitely I've do seen, that.
1: Yeah. Let's no do do heavy. I could I could chime I could chime in, but we don't we don't need a, a woman's voice dominating the uh, undesired you know masculine convo. I think maybe it's maybe it's it's for the best.
0: Yeah, maybe that could be it. So this is the screen share. This is uh from '95, heavy, and so it centers around uh, I forget his name in the film. Um, Victor. He, victor yeah victor his mother owns a like one of these classic um look at live tyler back then oh my god oh my
2: god yeah um, mid 90s live tyler because this is like what right before armageddon too like just yeah, stunning yeah.
0: yeah exactly and uh so it's like look at that look at that that's like twin peaks vibrant <laughs> you know the waitress so it centers around Victor, whose mother owns this like dive bar slash restaurant, like typical of that era, small town America, like you know stuff you'd see in like a liminal spaces compilation, where it's like you know the kitchen with the bar type deal, and he is a f- th- so this is this is morbidly obese for the mid nineties by the way. So he's, yeah, like, on typical- the
2: uh, in in the movie that he does have a moment where he steps on the scale and he's just a little over two fifty five. Yeah. Uh, Which I feel like is what the average American weight these days. Um, Pretty
0: much, pretty much. Uh, Yeah,
2: but like Pruitt Taylor Vince, the actor does a a fantastic job of playing this sort of shut-in cook at this diner that could easily be confused for like the double R in Twin Peaks or or something you'd see out of like a Mytho America tweet.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, The whole bar itself looks like a Mytho America tweet. And I think that's why it's so effective as a film. And so essentially she is a like teen, uh, what what would you say? Vagabond, like her boyfriend is a mechanic, but he's kind of like wannabe rock star, you know, not, not, uh, I think she gets knocked up in the film as well. So that's another thing. Um, so it's basically centered around how, Victor has this relationship to his weight, but he also has this sort of pent up desire for, uh, what's her character's name? I forget. Um, and, and so her name's Kelly. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, so it centers around his relationship to his own body, but also about like how he's sort of a shut in. He's it, you know, what kind of reminds me a little bit about Lars and, uh, and the beautiful, Lars and the Beautiful Girl, um, because he's got like this sort of neurodivergent uh, cadence and he's sort of like a very soft spoken. He, he barely has any dialogue in the film. He says like a few words here and there. He has this like crushing inability to express himself. And that combined with his way, combined with being a mama's boy and being a shut in and sort of being surrounded by typical like small America, like the other, the other waitress woman is sort of like um, the, the, the town, you know, like older women who are sort of like perpetually single and they're like the town uh, pass around girl. Uh, And so he's always surrounded by on the one end, loose sexuality, but also him himself being like this older, fatter incel. And so then they also have this mutual attraction to each other, Because Kelly in this one moment, she's like an amateur photographer and she takes a picture of Victor and then she's with her friends and she sort of like puts her picture next to his. And so she's sort of contemplating life with this older man, but it never goes anywhere, of course, because of just his perpetual like inability to express himself. And of course, like her being, you know, wanting to get away from small town America. So and and so, Prude, you, you were watching this, and uh, what was your impression of Heavy?
2: Uh, well, I, I find this top this whole stream to be particularly interesting because I've I've somewhat been the inverse as like the the skinny underweight kid at points in my life. So wa- yeah. watching this though was um, it was interesting to see the archetype of the shut-in male in a way that was like pre-internet. The the other two movies are Mm, way after the social media era. So there's a lot less social interaction or a lot less social awkwardness that's done verbally these days. uh, Victor's character, yeah, Victor, the the character, um, you know, he's surrounded by the small town culture where mm. things that happened years ago will always affect him, like his dad not being his dad being dead, his mom yeah. in poor health, yes. and the woman that he works with, the other waitress Dolores, is sort of this loose woman who slept with her dad, his dad, at a while back. But I thought that the acting was fantastic because uh, the guy who plays Victor, I'm trying to remember, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince, he, all of his acting is done with his body and his emotions. Uh, He's a very emotive actor, which I thought was perfect. Yeah, didn't need to say anything at all for us to understand that he's looking from afar, that he's lusting after this. I I don't want to call her like a a manic pixie dream girl because she's not. She's just this like youthful, innocent. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm away. I I dropped out of college to. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, speaking (laughs) of pixie girl, there you go. I shouldn't
0: do this because, by the way, I have super chats enabled now. Please need the. Sneed those super chats But Arthur Powell So this film is class Delusional pity party People who won't change themselves On an early version of but he does Yeah well He does change himself Near the end We'll get to that We'll get to yeah, that Yeah
2: well yeah Um, Also I wanted to point out This was written by And directed by James Mangold Who has done Girl Interrupted Walk the Line 310 to <gasps> Yuma Like he's a fantastic That's a feel to it That's
0: Yeah yeah Girl Interrupted me Well me Because it was this film score was written by Michael Dana, but like Girl Interrupted is like one of those absolute like classic films, and that's why it has that typical feel. So was he? Did he direct this before Girl Interrupted and before Three? Of course, way before 310 Three Ten Two.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure because um, Girl Interrupted came out in '99, so this is yeah, this yeah. Was, uh four years before. But '99 no, I mean
0: I- in in like you know younger person cinema was like ground zero. Like you had girl interrupted you had uh american beauty american beauty yeah, oh, yeah yeah um you had a bunch of other ones i forget was that what was that one with um oh my god what was that other the other one was it called um the chick flick one i forget
1: ghost world i think ghost world was 2001 maybe let's see yeah american the one
2: i also came out in 99
0: Oh yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> between ninety eight and ninety nine are great years for films. I mean there's yeah. also uh, you know Pleasantville, American History X. I mean, there's just yep. so many good movies.
0: yeah, well Pleasantville, I mean i I would get my channel banned if I talked about the true meaning of Pleasantville like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so heavy what happens then? so this is uh this is also a good tea by King salmon fish. Um, can we acknowledge? that chicks like this are literally just in random nowhere towns all over America. I mean, what we got so happy that we have this arrangement? <laughs> yeah, it is true that you will find like small town beauties, but I feel like small town beauties, they're also besieged by like a bunch of perpetually lonely men. And so of course, like huge cities are kind of like the, like, um, the, the sort of like, uh, how should you know like the term brain drain like third world brain drain brain drain to like the developing world the, the developed world. it's sort of like uh you could say like big cities are like in terms of women like physiognomy brain like physiognomy drains in terms of like if you're an attractive woman you sort of get out of that situation you like go to, you know you don't stick around to the sticks you like go to the big cities and that really sucks but like you know you yeah. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on
2: that. Well, I I would add just that this does have a very small town feel by the nature of it. Like this is something that I could easily see happen where I live, especially because I am usually a patron of a very small diner. I try to avoid anything uh, like a chain. But yeah, I mean, that sort of drama and the sort of shut in style of people. I I don't know if you see that as much these days. Again, this is like one of those big pre-internet, pre-social media kind of films where the uh atypical social shut-in that works a, a job and then goes home and does this thing is kind of rare to find like the other movies right like the the 2008 that were even pig hag are totally different in that regard which i i quite enjoyed uh seeing something that was not based on the internet you know like there, yeah. there's a scene where they have one of their like local patrons is too drunk to drive home so he he crashes there and uh he's sitting next to Victor and he's showing him his wallet, which has got like a bunch of like pictures of naked women on it. Cause he works as like a photo delivery guy when you'd had to develop your photos. And he's like, you'd be surprised what people leave behind. And he's just got this collection of nudes and, you know, Victor's just looking at him and it's a, you know, it's just a, a quick nod at sexual frustration, but also the fact that he's just alone in versus someone that can sleep around with like the, uh, the, the loose waitress.
0: Yeah. Yeah
2: the loose wages
0: yeah they're they're always that um and and so what happens is um wait someone said uh since when is (laughs) default since when is ghost world a uh chick chick flick
1: i would say yeah it's 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 like the alt chick flick
0: yeah like tank girl
1: yeah, yeah, there's like yeah. a whole genre of these of these movies. um but anyway, let's let us not uh, derail as I want to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, no problem. Small town in America is just as name Irish' big cities. Please, people sneed those super chats. I, I I feel I feel bad when there's a good comment and then it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I highlighted. But anyways, then what happens in the film is so there's this like as time goes on, he's sort of like reveals. That his father died and so forth. Then the matriarch of the whole thing who owns uh who owns the bar, she, she and, and of course he's like trying to lose weight. Of course, at this time, this is like the uh the heyday of like those liquid diets, you know, slim fast or whatnot. And she ends up in the hospital, she eventually dies. But what's really weird is that he doesn't tell anybody for like two weeks that his mother died. And so he's like, yeah, she's, you know, not doing too great. Uh, maybe. So you want to take over pretty. <laughs> Do you remember this scene? Um, oh,
2: yeah. So he's, he's eating in the cafeteria, sort of just waiting. Cause he doesn't want to talk to the doctor and there's, I don't know if he's just like a psych patient or maybe someone that was like, a, cause he mentioned in the, when they get to the doctors that there's like a whole wing blocked off for like the cops, So he could be the guy, but you know just talk about like the loss of the mother is really bad and the only thing that really tops that is the, the the death of a child and they say that you know he's doing better you know but who knows and uh but you know as he leaves and he goes back to the room uh victor finds that his mother's no longer in her hospital bed uh he sort of sees all of her like materials like in possessions bagged away and uh, realizes that uh, she's gone and, you know, he's just an utter wreck and he doesn't tell anybody and he keeps the lie up for a while. And, uh, all of his like slim fast, his desire to lose weight is just utterly wrecked by this emotional moment and starts binge eating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, but then there's a scene that really snaps him out of it was, you know, uh, Kelly, uh, like tries to get close, you know, tries to get close to him, like comfort him. Cause his mother is in the hospital or what she believes. And there's a scene where she asks to go see her in the hospital. And he's like, yeah, yeah, just come early in the morning. And then I think there was this other scene where he goes to, he visits this culinary school of America. Like he has a stream of being a chef. So I, or rather that's implied. And so then Kelly comes in her nice best, you know, Sunday dress this is like old school when you actually like dressed up to visit someone in the hospital. Like I could remember when I was a kid, my parents visiting older people in the hospital. It's like very small towny type of thing. Right. Um, They go and drive. And then she's strange. It's strange because he's not driving to the hospital. Rather, he's driving to the cemetery and they get out. He, She's like, why are you getting out of here? And it's a cemetery and he gets out. And and she follows him along and she's like, just absolutely shocked that he's like, yeah, she, she died before and he didn't tell anybody and she freaks out. Cause of course, like imagine being in that situation. It's like, whoa, this guy's a creep. Right. But then I think the only thing he could say was I don't want things to change. And that really struck me because, you know, in my life, I've always been of the similar, like, I don't want things to change. I mean, I was like, when I was in school, like I was terrified of changing grades, you know? And it's like, when you, when you are like an, a man who doesn't have like a wife or kids or a relationship and you're sort of like accustomed to like being with your parents or being with your mother and taking care of her. Like I've, I've like in my small town, I've known men like this, you know, a lot of Italian men, especially like especially when they have older siblings it's like you know you take care of your parents take care of your mother and then you sort of like never move on you sort of like you know you stay at home it's like i've i've known quite a few men like this and they're everywhere in like small town america or small town canada or wherever like even in europe i think there's you know especially in europe like there's a lot of like this happening so yeah
2: yeah it's uh the, the sense of not wanting things to change, especially for like the shut-in, right? This is a fundamentally dramatic shift from, because the film establishes, right? That Victor's got a routine. He's the cook. He's the chef. He takes care of everything. He takes care of his mother. Even the mom before she dies is all like, well, he makes me a buffet every, uh, every morning. And he goes out into town and picks up things. And he, he likes the cash register girl and things like that. And yeah. which is important later at the end. But um. You know, l- later on, as that happens, there's also a scene where he's uh, driving the uh, other waitress, Dolores, and this is where he gets the uh, idea to take Callie later to go watch airplanes land. Um, which I don't know if anyone like remembers this experience or like living close by to an airport where you could like park your car just like right outside the fence. Yeah, and you can just uh, watch air- airplanes land and identify them. I remember that distinctly growing up as a kid living um, in Maryland, but it was uh, something that just felt like a people don't do that anymore. Right. I guess the, the fascination or the wonder of the sound of it, I guess is lost, but which I find interesting. And, um, you know, the, he's there with Dolores and uh, she's like kind of getting handsy with him and he rejects her sexual advances. Uh, cause I mean like, why would you want to sleep with the person that slept with your dad? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, there's clearly some awkward discomfort there. Um, And and of course, Dolores is already always in a bad spot with the mother because the mom had painted the word slut on the uh, bathroom uh, window. Was it the mom that did it? Well, yeah, because when the mom calls Victor to ask for her nail kit, he like pulls out the the, the paint and just starts to draw it on the mirror. And he's like, oh, it was my mom who did this, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But really what snaps him out of it is... uh, you know telling Callie everyone getting mad and upset, he tells Dolores he's fired and he breaks the news to everybody. Um, and he really doesn't snap out of it until basically everyone's gone, like you know. And, and during this whole time, right, Callie, played by um Liv Taylor, is or Tyler, excuse me, is just she's got this like rocker boyfriend who works in like a, um, a mechanic shop, and all of this, uh, you know, culminates in her coming back and breaking up with him and saying that she's leaving to go back to college. And, uh, finally he sort of emerges from binge eating and tries to get his act together.
0: Yeah. And then he actually goes to the grocery store and, uh, like starts stringing up conversation with the clerk. And, uh, it it implies that his life is turning for the better. Um, but I think it's really great because like, I, I love a lot of these like really small, quiet, um, indie films, where there is like i know like they're like really boring to certain people to like a lot of people um i like every time like i would be like i would pick a movie like with my folks and i would like be attracted to these type of indie films and my mother just like she's like hates them right she's like i is boring i wasted my time uh (laughs) but i i think i like the nice quiet character piece because it does embody like a lot of experiences of sort of like growing up in North America in a small town and not having like the resources or the will to deal with your own issues and not having like the, the sort, but even still, like, I mean, living in the city off, off, of course, like has its own problems and like, I don't, well, well, Matt, you like, you've lived in both like small towns and cities and uh, oh my God, we have a s- sticker Ten dollars from Kronkicks, a super sticker. Although I can't, uh, does it, sh- yeah, it doesn't show the little animation. I wonder what he picked. Let me, let me go to my phone. Um, but thank it you. Kicks. Oh, it's a hippo, nice. I- oh yeah. my god. Oh, it had to be a hippo, right? For this <laughs> stream, of
1: course. I mean, if only save it, save it for uh, hopefully, there's some rhinos for fatso.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! See, he talked to a cashier. This totally banal, normal interaction, especially in the nineties. What a like Arthur Powell! My God! But it's so a, a, but it was
2: a different world. I mean, that's yeah, the whole thing. This world. is why the yeah. film feels so out of place for watching it now, right? Is because you know, two, hes like two fifty-five. You know, he, he talks to his mom, and he's just like, "I'm fat, mom," and she's like, "No, you're not." Like the weird sort of like perpetually self infantilizing mom. And, yes, uh, yeah. Which, oh, which, ad- which adds on to the shut-in.
0: Can relate. <laughs> no, it's true. It's because I think, like, when you're a parent of kid, like any kid with a weight issue, it's like you want to enable them, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of problems, I feel, that, like, when you have a problem that's systemic, that sort of, like, develops over time, it's very easy to normalize it it's very easy to sort of like ignore it. And I feel like that's why it's impossible to talk to like someone with, in a family like a family member who has like, you know, self-destructive behavior. It's and, and especially when you're a small town and you're close knit, it's like everyone around you. It's sort of like Lars, right? Like everyone around him enabled that delusion. I mean, this is different because I feel like, especially nowadays, like in America, like a lot of people, like let's face it, a lot of people in America are fat, obviously, Um, you know, as yeah. a fat person myself, um, it's like it—it it becomes like just a normal facet of life. But like to to your point, Prude, like this this was, this is like in the nineteen nineties, him not being able. To, it's funny because in Fatso, he also asks the um the 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 clerk out. But back in the day, to not be able to like strike up a conversation or to like approach talking to something as mundane as a store clerk that like is a symbol of the extreme self-isolation that victor has put himself in whereas nowadays i think like that would almost be normal because it's almost like i don't know what it's like in america still but like in canada um it's it's almost like this weirdo like quasi scan unless you live in a small town this like weirdo like quasi almost scandinavian like attitude of, you know, it's best just to like look away and not like, you know, smile at someone in the street and just like, you know, mind your own business. I don't know if it's like that in America now. Is it like that? I don't know. What, what I would, I would like say,
2: that? yeah. I mean. I think
1: it depends where. Right?
2: Yeah, it, yeah. The 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 stores that you go to would depend. Like if I'm at a, say like a, a Publix or a Kroger or a Whole Foods, the, the environment is definitely not as different. Maybe because there's like that element that that is a, it's like going to Target instead of Walmart, you know, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the it's the it's the four out of 10 that put on some makeup for you. It's uh, something that gives you a sense of high trust. Whereas if I go to Walmart, you're like, OK, um, you know, stay strapped. Don't talk to anybody. Get your shit and leave. And not to mention with the rise of self-checkout counters, which, you know, I become the wagey for the megacorp. It's uh, not a not a fun time, but I mean, th- those interactions are just rare and few and far between. If it's a small business or a locally owned grocery store or restaurant, it, th- that stuff is still very much alive and well, where, you know, you're going to see regular people and regular names and faces, but that does really exist, I think, a lot more in the small town than the big city. Not to say that there weren't people in the city that I could regularly go to, say hello to and whatnot, but again, it had to be about... A, a small or, or, you know, independently owned business.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Arthur Powell has a good point. Sorry, Geo. Enjoying the discussion, but it sounds like the character is the foreshadowing of the incel isolationism of today. Yes, hundred percent. Absolutely, hundred percent. Hit the nail on the head. And this is why I wanted to talk about these films. Not just because I'm a fat person myself, but like, uh, it's it, there. They are sort of like in even like in two thousand and eight with fatso, they are very indicative of the experiences and, and I guess with cat, we'll talk a little bit more what we'll, we'll talk more about like the experiences of the sort of um position of being not conventionally desirable and also living in places that don't facilitate huge interactions with different peoples and I think that's kind of like why I mean why it's only natural um that a lot of like people with uh, quote unquote alternative lifestyles and uh, fetishes, why big cities are sort of like a magnet for them. Like I remember back in the day, um, when I used to watch the certain youtuber who had to leave, uh, he had this episode about like uh, this this Tumblr blog of this furry asking where they could find other furries. and And uh, this person's like the, the response is like on Tumblr because I, I never could understand the notes thing, like maybe, well, default, what, what was the notes thing? Like you could repost it's someone's like, notes.
1: It's like quote tweets.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and this person was like, well, just go to any big city, like go to, go to Portland, go to Toronto, go to New York, and you'll find your, uh, you'll find your fetishistic fandom of choice and uh so but but back in these days even nowadays i mean to live in a small town to have like a different proclivity um and that's another thing too is that like being a fat person was sort of becoming common but at this time was not that common i don't feel like it was still there but it wasn't like it, it wasn't like nowadays where you really like can't ignore fat people anymore. Like it's even in media. Like I'm even seeing ads. I mean, it is mostly women. Like there is no, like there was a time within sitcoms where it was usually like the fat dude and like the put together woman. Uh, but like in terms of nowadays, I mean, when you see like fitness ads with like usually, uh, fat women of a certain racial character, it's like, you know, uh, it's like, I can understand why people are so hard on this stuff, you know, the seed oils and all that, but um, yeah.
2: Well, I think that the real sign of the times, right. I think like the last show that really played up to that was um, parks and rec, right. With what what was his name? Jerry or whatever, like sort of the fat, you know, older middle-aged balding white guy. And they were like, Oh, how does he have this like super model wife or whatever? But that's really like the last show I can remember where the grow, you know, obese person or overweight person, you know, had that trope that TV trope seems kind of lost, but I don't watch a lot of sitcoms, lost. so maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um I but the other thing about it though too right is that you walk into any sort of uh clothing store or anything. Like, you know, Target's notorious for this and I I'm just going to hammer on Target cuz that's what I'm used to. Uh when you walk in and you see um the what's the word mannequins with like a like a pouch or whatever, it's just like, "Oh, um, well, clearly, we're trying to reflect the the sign of the times with America being like, what two-thirds overweight and obese now?
0: Yeah, Amer- while wow, the even the mannequins are changing now. That's amazing. Um, but I don't think that's a good thing though, like I mean, in a like this is I think what I wanted to talk about. like, in a sense, i I was like reading some um some some articles and books on this. There was this one article. About this fat woman and her experience dating in Vox, but of course it's coded with the typical like leftoid acceptance crap. But I do feel that on the one end, when it comes to people who are either unconventionally attractive, especially through their weight, I do understand like the approach of like extreme chastization doesn't automatically work. Like me myself, I've recently because um, I, I, like literally everyone's telling me to uh this is like the the sh- you know sure strategy and apparently this is what worked with Perry. Uh you know, you know Perry on Twitter? He's everyone's friend. Um election legal.
1: <laughs> election legal, yeah, yep.
0: yeah, yeah. Um uh, I'm started the intermittent fasting thing. Uh you know, where like I only eat between five and nine. Uh and and so like I mean it's 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 good because it's in a way it makes my life simpler and I don't have to like worry about cooking breakfast. But in the other in the other end, it's sort of like when you're used to like overeating for so long, it's like it is a shock to your system. Um, but, you know, I noticed that as time goes on, I've been doing this for like four days now. It's getting like slowly more like tolerable. Um, but anyways, that's just my personal take on. I feel that on the one end, um, there's a very complex series of reasons why we are facing this obesity crisis. And yes, personal habits and behavior is a big part of it. Not the only part, but it's a part. But the problem is when you do live in sort of small town isolation, and when you do have people in your life that would choose to, like the path of least resistance when they choose to enable you, rather than trying to motivate you to change. But then also the motivation to change comes from people who, like basically attack you on a level, you know, it's it, it's conundrum where you sort of go inside of yourself, and I think Victor is like the the sort of extreme example of that of you dwelling within yourself and further entrenching yourself into a pattern of existence that you know in the end is not going to serve you. You are lonely. You're fat. Maybe I'm just telling myself, but uh, telling on myself. But you are lonely. You are fat. You are entrenched in this certain form of behavior, and. But the cost of changing is so dramatically high when you've existed like this for so long, you know it's almost it's near impossible, so it's kind of interesting how, unlike a lot of other like of these very quietest character driven indie films that don't that how ha- that basically essentially end in an aporia um it's very interesting how this one ends in a positive note so yeah, um. I don't know. I don't know if I mean this. This film, I've been talking a lot, so I don't know if you have any, uh, um, anything to add there. But yeah.
1: Well, I think like to the point about like isolation in small towns. You can't. I mean, you just really can't walk anywhere if you're not committed to physically going to the gym, and if you don't have a home gym, which you know, understandably, most people don't. um, I mean, there's just no way that like if I don't think people realize that if you're truly out of shape, like. It take it yeah. takes about a year to be able to do like a single push up. It takes a really really long time, and that it oh, yeah. regardless you know, it doesn't it doesn't even matter if you're obese or not. If it's just like if your lifestyle has been sedentary, um, so you kind of need to go to a gym. I remember like when I lived in Texas, I'd walk like five miles to the HEB in the heat, and I mean like it just it took hours. It was like oh it, you know just back and the the whole the whole event was like that was my day, and I was exhausted by the end of it. Um, if you don't drive right it's just like you're finished there's it's the lack of walkability is actually really significant
0: yeah and there's issues with walkable cities too the walkable city yeah matt the walkable cities discourse that's kind of very interesting how that like has managed to like tear the online red right to sunder like it's <laughs> where do you stand in this issue by the way
2: um, uh, both equal parts issues of uh, certain things that can get you in trouble on YouTube, but also like urban planning. Um, yeah. that our, My good friend Clossington has been ranting about this heavily because he does work oh, yeah. in, uh, as a civil engineer, and he's just like, we've also done a lot in the last 60 years to make our cities as unwalkable and unhealthy as possible by zoning and construction regulation, but at the same time you can't ignore the obvious other issue that Gets difficult to to bring up in certain mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. certain communities, so yeah, I mean that that's something that comes up where I, you can't.
1: I will say though, you know, like I I I've been peeping the comments a little bit. When I say like unwalkable, like a lot of people really do live in these apartment complexes that are like on the side of a highway or something. So they're yeah. like, unless you're like, who the hell is gonna walk around a parking lot in you know in Plano? You know what I mean? Like they're like they're literally for a lot of people. There's like there's not a suburb that's kind of ugly. There's you have to, like, commit to walking inside, like, your brutalist apartment complex that is, you know, depressing as hell. And I don't blame people for not doing that.
0: Yeah, in Canada, it's almost impossible, like, in certain parts, even in Ontario, to, like, not have a car. Like, if you live in Toronto, you can do it. If you live in, like, a bigger city, even if you, I think, if you, even if you live in Hamilton, like, a smaller tier city. But, like, if you live in the Burbs... Like in, in Ontario or like anywhere in Canada, really. I mean, it's yeah, you basically a car is a basic necessity almost. Um, but yeah, so that's another issue. The walkable cities, uh, you know, but of course, Matt, you know, Robert Mosier in New York, he made the the, the highways racist because uh, the buses couldn't get to uh, the rich neighborhoods. So that's you know, it's you remember, you remember those tweets saying people. Pete booty, man talking about it. Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah.
2: But I it, city, but it, the small town thing though is inevitably true. Like if you live out in, you know, even if like, not even at the burbs, but if you live in a place like where I do, where, you know, you have to consciously consider the fact it takes maybe 25 minutes to go drive to the nearest mm-hmm. town that has like a, a drive through or whatever, if you wanted to like eat something and not cook, then, like, that's a serious consideration. And, I mean, like, Dallas is just is, is gotten only worse, both by so many people living there, but the rate of construction for just these brutalist apartments outside of, like, either I-35 or I-75 has just gotten really, really yeah. bad. El, El, El Paso is okay-ish, because, like, if you live in a certain part of there, like, Walking is pretty manageable, especially in certain communities. But like, for instance, if you lived near downtown and you had one of those like really nice lofts by San Jacinto Plaza, it'd be a totally different story because they're focusing more on public transportation. The Metro City bus system is all pretty decent. So, in a lot of ways, urban sprawl itself, by the nature of just population density and growth, does make walkability a problem. And then you're also in an incredibly low trust environment. It's pretty nuts but again this also reiterates the simple fact that um (laughs) as michael has pointed out in the chat that this also does require you to just get off your ass and do things like i yeah i have a weighted vest i walk around the length of the land that we're on like i you know like a weighted blanket it's good for autistic people to work out and um oh my god is that is
0: that the truth the weighted blanket thing
2: is that true I wouldn't, I wouldn't know i don't own one but i the jo- jokes aside but that that's the point I'm getting at is is that you have to you have to actually yeah. work at this and that's another thing that we just have lost is that we have societally normalized quite a bit like the mother in um heavy that this is okay this is acceptable and then yeah. post social media age post 2007 uh the radical sort of, you know, fat acceptance or grievance studies from universities that sort of just took critical theory and added some lipid fat onto it that, uh, here we are now where healthy yeah. every size is a thing.
0: Yeah. So is this true? Arthur Powell walkable cities in Germany or a dime a dozen yet. They're almost as fat as Americans. I don't think that Germans are almost as fat as Americans, but the older ones, certainly, I mean, I have some relatives that live in Germany. Um, yeah, weighted blankets recreate the comfy sensation of lying under heavy animal skins from her past, living in the European steppe. So it's very true that autistic people they are um, they are true they are truly uh, connected to the primordial. That's probably what it is. Um, so <laughs> I know that that was Vargas' uh, thesis about neurodivergent people. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so. Yeah, heavy is very indicative of this, but uh, you know, and and Kat, you were talking about living. I remember like, like almost like years ago, you were talking about like what it was like living in a small town and like sort of um, the the sort of like, it's like what am I gonna do? I'm gonna like uh move in a bigger house, on a, in a in a better suburb of of uh, Texas, and it's like there is sort of like um a quiet desperation that comes into living in these smaller places, and I feel like it's ubiquitous thing and again like you know what we've talked about before on the show about like why you know liminal space compilations and uh you know midwestern emo is getting popular again like why why do these things like like what do we have this need to express ourselves or express in in media things that we are intimate with but sort of like this weirdo nostalgic picture of things we are intimate with because we recognize that even the small towns have changed as well and that's very interesting. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, people, people go out less. I think, I don't know. Some of these small towns are really depressing. Like, you know, it's, it's really characteristic of like in new England and in Texas, both like you have these towns of like 20,000 people. And there's at least like a main street and there's antique shops and like a shitty cafe and a shitty Mexican restaurant. Um, but now a lot of them are just like these, you know, oases of like strip malls and, mcdonald's and texas roadhouses and there's the the walmart right that may or may not be in your particular town you know there's some like walmart that's standing in like an unincorporated county and you have yeah. to go and <laughs> yeah. drive 20 minutes and that's a big activity i mean look people are people are dunking on the the comment about a brutalist well michael's dunking on it about brutalist mm-hmm. architecture i just feel like i understand why people aren't exactly a uh, you know Thrilled to go for a walk in their their parking lot, but I mean, you know, it, it takes all, it takes a lot of commitment. It takes all types. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm privileged and I live in a, a a pretty a pretty area, so I do go for walks. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking out of my ass here.
2: I mean, we're, we're gonna get clash regardless, right? Everyone's got a a, a different experience, and some people, I think, given by political persuasion, it's gonna be more of a. Uh, get your ass up and move kind of deal um which again right this uh the this stream Heavy's the
0: least of these films by the way heavy's like the tame one yeah this is
2: probably the tamest film out of the three and even the 1980 fatso is i would i would say heavy's actually probably more tame than this one by yeah by the nature of it but um you know, we're <laughs> this is a this is two parts, uh, one part autoethnography, one part movie review, guys. So,
0: <laughs> someone asked in the comments, Is obesity a GAE disease? I said, Yeah, pretty. I mean, obesity has always been around, but not to this extent, not to this character. So, yeah, I would say so. I would agree with that. Um, it's all it's chemicals, in the food, and water. Um, so. Yeah. I really liked heavy. I really liked it because having also, um, been in the presence of attractive women as a fat person, um, of course not like I don't have an inability to talk to them like Victor does, but I can understand those sort of same sentiments of not wanting to entertain certain thoughts and feelings because you know, they're going to go nowhere and because you're so used to inaction your whole life. Um, just going for it seems impossible. And there's a scene at the end where she finally leaves to college. She sort of breaks the cycle and he also breaks the cycle and he just says, you know, bye, maybe you can come, you know, visit me one time. And it's like, you know, that that's the final thing that he has to go out on his own. And, uh, that's really hard. And we'll see with that. so next is that, uh, you know, when you're not conventionally attractive, it's sort of like, um, you know, there's, the, the pervasive procrastination inability and ability and inertia, for a reason. And uh, but anyways, let's move on to Fatso. Fatso is an insane film, by the way. It's a, it's absolutely insane and crazy. Like some of the scenes in it are just like, my god. Um, that ending. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sure we all have the same hot take about the end and and certain other issues you're not supposed to mention. Uh, but, oh, good, uh, we're uh,
2: not alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uh, I
2: was like, "Oh, but, this explains so much." Right? <laughs> let me I do
1: the like,
0: screen share. So
1: prescient, um, but let, let's let's. Uh, I'll I'll allow y'all to introduce it.
0: <laughs> so this is from the 2008 heavy, which was inspired by the 1980 heavy. So this is about a basically a fat dork, porno creep, incel, who uh, <laughs> who has a porn and onanism addiction and lives and has like these creepy friends and uh he lives yeah the, uh, i don't know if i could show that in youtube by the way when he's holding uh
2: play it safe Gio. play it yeah safe. yeah is this film's nuts
0: yeah this film is pretty nuts can i show this i mean they're in bikinis i wonder i could i could probably show it right this is um, the 1981 by the way with the italian uh the Italian yeah, no, that's
1: a, that's the Indian one. That's the oh, Bollywood the Indian
0: one. version. Oh.
1: There are three versions
0: one? of that.
2: A, I didn't know there was a Bollywood one. I just knew that I, I watched the 1980 and the 2008 yeah. one. Um, yeah, the 1981
1: is is very very it is like super cynical. Like it, even yeah, more like oh, this yeah. One, I think.
0: oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely,
2: yeah. Like Dom Louise does a fantastic job, and I didn't know that Anne Bancroft actually directed it. I know that she's in it, but. That this was... is the one. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. That one's just. I, that one is way more cynical, I think, than the other two movies that I think we'll discuss. But
1: because he he never. I mean, the thing with the Dom de Louise one is that he doesn't. He never loses the weight. Like he does. He doesn't no. recover. Yeah. He, he just yeah. finds no. a new mom.
2: Yeah, oh, and man. again, <laughs> and, it, and it goes exactly he found back his to his mommy GF. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with um heavy. Is is that basically? there's the familial motherly aspect to it that affects yeah. this right so you know uh like the dom de louise one right like the opening part of the film is is that you know um butter bread every time that you know his baby brother you know urinated on him or something like that when he was a, a baby so like grows up with the love of food and all sorts of jazz you know it's just it's uh Concerns over diet and weight, and again, this is in 1980, is when that film came out. And I don't remember. Do they say his weight in the film? I I, I can't remember how heavy he oh, was. Oh, I yet. forget.
0: Yeah,
1: wasn't he yeah. like 185 or something? I mean, Don Deluise is, is like also. He like he's like five seven. I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's not. A, he
2: was not a tall man.
1: Yeah, I, it's it's sad because in real life, I'm pretty sure that he like ate himself to death.
0: Who Don Deluise? Yeah. Tom DeLuise was a famous TV. Well, I mean, he
2: died in seventy nine. He was um, he 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 died of cancer. But I mean, oh, okay.
3: it was yeah. strange
2: because like he is well known as a comic actor. <laughs> so like he's done you know uh, stuff with Mel Brooks. He worked with a lot of Don Bluth movies. Like he's well known for a lot of. Oh, you there, dude. P-
1: Oh, no.
0: Did we lose oh, him? Oh, no. Did we lose him? Let me stop sharing. Sure. Uh-oh. I wonder if he disconnected. He's still there, but... Prude, can you hear us? Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe his internet's just glitching. So All
1: right. Let's... I mean, we could still carry on, and then if it becomes a problem, we could...
0: Yeah. 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 Um. So, who asked uh, in the chat, Louis Cachet... Is this fat exploitation? Yes, it is exploitation. That's basically what it is. But um, do you remember... Dom Deloise is a famous chef on TV. Now he just sits at home with his... There was a... Yeah, that was a Tourette Sky clip back in the day. Now he just sits at home with his ass up his ass. Um, oh, damn, Prude dropped. Okay, oh, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Hopefully his internet comes back. Um, so, yeah. So, this... <laughs> This this version though of Fatso is like insane. So essentially, it starts off with um, and again, I forget the main character's name. What's his name?
1: Uh, in the two thousand eight Rhino. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Rhino. And then he has, Rhino. Yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. there's all these like uh um like interludes where he he's represented as a Rhino in this sort of like Moomin esque kind of alternate universe
0: yeah yeah prude you back bro
2: yeah my internet suddenly cut off on me my bad
0: um no problem no problem so yeah so F- rhino in this version I-, I was gonna ask you did you do you remember the tourette's guy clip with don Dem- dom delaways uh no i don't he's like dom delaways was a famous chef on tv now he just sits at home with his ass up his ass like, so, <laughs> i don't know why man tourette's guy was like my childhood. But, uh, anyways, so, oh my God. So Rhino in the film, he lives in his father's rental house, if I recall. And he like basically is like this porn addicted incel. Um, a lot of like hilarious scenes ensue from his, uh, you know, him and his like grody friends, uh, essentially, well, you know, they try to motivate him to get a gf but he's like you know he's fat he works as a translator of various appliances and tools from uh i believe norwegian to german or something like that yeah from german
2: to norwegian and english
0: yeah 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 so he's a translator he has like one again having a stay-at-home job is another like indication of his own isolation kind of like in heavy um And, you know, he wears glasses. He's kind of like, he can't talk to women. And uh, hilarity ensues from this. So maybe if you guys want to take it from
2: there. I I love how it opens, because it does the stereotypical, um, you know, loner, isolated, stay-at-home guy wants to talk to the pretty girl, the cashier, almost like, you know, the ending of Heavy. But, uh, you know, he, he purposefully avoids the man on the other side, and he talks to her, and then it transitions to this bizarre comic strip that feels very familiar. And the name escapes me. To where he's literally arrested by the horny police. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I, mean, I think yeah. that's why he's a he's a rhino, right? Because he's like perpetually horny, and everyone can see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also a comic artist. And at the end of the film, he sends off his comics, um, and has these like weirdo kind of like robert crumb ask interludes but it's very like psychedelia like monocolor like a dual dual color 60s like uh there's this rhino part at the end of this comic which is very like insane after uh he does something to himself we'll get to that um but yeah so there's these interludes he's arrested by the horny police um i'm kind of murky in the middle of the film because i watched this quite a while ago a few years ago so Yeah, so take it away, guys.
2: Well, yeah, and I mean, he does sort of, it gives us a good view of his lifestyle, which is the 2008 edition of the internet porn-addicted nerd with his, like, giant, you know, old-style, like, CRT monitor, you know. It's just, like, it's very much of the times where... You could still, you know, get skin flicks and watch dirty DVDs. This wasn't completely on the internet, but yeah, it's just yeah. it shows that he goes out of his way to be this like sexually frustrated loner. His best friend looks like a seventies porn actor with like the stats. His stash best and, friend like,
1: is like a pickup artist type yeah. guy too. Yeah,
0: yeah, basically. yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I so what I thought was actually surprising, and I think I don't know if you guys are gonna. Uh, by this but i think in real life so here's what ends up happening throughout the film a beautiful like eva vlar looking 20 year old moves in with him and and he has this conversation with his best friend the pickup artist early in the film and he's like if you live with a woman this is what the pickup artist was saying you'll eventually fuck her and so this woman, yeah. this, this woman ends up moving in and he wants, she's, she's really kind of cruel to him. She, he has to listen to her having sex. Um, you know, he, like she she makes fun of him behind his back. It's, it's a really weird dynamic. Her um, older, as it turns out, married um, boyfriend um, eats all his food. Um, so at some, at some point, she like inspires him to start losing weight. And there's a scene where they have a party and she gets drunk and she sort of straddles him. And this becomes like one of his jerk off fantasies through the film. Yes. Yeah. What surprises me, and I don't think you guys will agree, but I really think that this would have happened, that she never ends up sleeping with him while drunk and then either denying that it ever happened at all or saying that he was a creep. And I think that was probably, th- that's just a different movie, but I'm really surprised that it doesn't happen because she, I don't think she would stop at just the teasing. I think she would have at least like shown her tits or something.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, doesn't, doesn't he fuck it up though? Because like she's drunk and she's crying, like, you know, I mean, throughout the film, right? Like she, her family man, boyfriend goes back to take care of her kids and whatever, and like the, the, the affair ends and she's all sort of heartbroken about it but at the party that they go to he sort of like picks her up and he's having like the moment where be the fantasy where you know like he wants to do something and she says let's sleep together but like they're just in bed and his own fantasies take over where he doesn't even act on the fact that there is a drunk woman uh in bed with her and he's also plastered I think at this point but not as much Uh, and instead like she wakes up to him jerking off rather than um them actually that doing t- anything
0: yeah but see, but I what I interpreted that scene and uh well, let's we- the
1: end. I mean, I think we should
0: Yeah. Should we so know. I think let's
1: let's let's go let's go back to where they're to like me, smoking
0: weed through the flesh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so I mean he goes through all these trials and tribulations at some point uh when he thinks he's going to be able to close with her after this party that they throw where he feels like a really cool like Euro guy looks like he's going to the disco tech, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, by the way, it takes place in Norway. She's Swedish. Um, it's I don't know it's a, a funny sort of thing but um that she sets him up on a date and I think that's a that's also it, really okay important.
0: this is really indicative this one yeah this, yeah go ahead this, oh, yeah, yeah her cruelty is just by the way the can, can, we, can we can we swear though and still get monetized Prude, you know
2: you're past the first 30 seconds just don't go fed posting you should be fine
0: good 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 uh, yeah cool cool with the uh, anti-swearing remarks uh anyways uh <laughs> <laughs> that, though but where he is this where he freaks out on the woman that he set up with this other fat woman
1: right so he shows up at i mean yeah. he, he's clearly disappointed that malin doesn't want to want to date yeah him, so. and if
0: there's any fat women listening to chat i would never do that to you if we were ever on a date wink <laughs> <me. So. laughs> um, so
1: it's, it's like so she she has and this is the conversation that every you know every uh Ugly person and attractive person who have like some kind of contrived friendship where you're the supporting infrastructure for the attractive person's self-esteem has had. <laughs> the attractive person is like I'm just gonna be a ball cell and you're like I'll fuck you and they're like Nah, <laughs> <He's my laughs> ugly friend you could fuck though and I mean he, just, <laughs> I mean who <laughs> of I I've been in that situation you know what I mean like um but anyway so he she sets him up on a date. He goes there, there's a beautiful woman at the bar. She's dismissive of him. He turns around. The real blind date is, a, you know, a kind of slovenly fat woman. And she he's he's rude to her and he's embarrassed to be with her. And he tells her, he's like, people make fun of us. Like, we should be, we should be quarantining in our homes, eating our fat food away from people's view. Like, what the hell are we doing? Oh my God, oh. He reams, he reams the roommate a new asshole. He's like, you know, what the fuck do you think I am? Why would you do that to me?
0: Nemitz containment policy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah no I mean but- it was
2: it was incredibly cruel, and yeah. I mean I think that that was that's the catalyst for him to like start working out and, and taking better care of himself, which doesn't go well either. And I mean I think he also is just like fuck this. Like I, uh, there's a scene where he eventually says screw it, I'm, I'm not sleeping with her, and I'm gonna try to follow my you know pick up artist friend's advice and go to a prostitute and even then he uh he he chickens out of it and just decides to to start you know bettering himself like he walks all the way home i think from the whorehouse back to his uh his residence
0: no. no but that's the thing i think like when when it is kind of interesting the discourse around like quote unquote sex work and like not attractive people because it's like on the one end you do have your dignity and and i don't care what people say i mean it's kind of like, oh, why don't you just go to a prostitute? It's like, no, that's not, that's not a real, realistic option for a lot of people because that, like, you know, there implies sort of a defeat there, it implies sort of like a giving in. But at the other end, I know, like, it's kind of weird how, and well, I mean, default, you have experience with these people, but like, it's kind of weird, like the the pro sex work discourse. On the one end, it's like, I'm pro sex work, and they. Fulfill a vital like worker commune um, role in society for like frustrated people. But on the other end, it's like, well, they, sh- they they should have a right to deny you because you're a creepy fat incel. It's like, you know, they have feelings, too. It's like, well, it doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, take your pick. It's like either, you know, sex work is real work. And they fulfill this need of like giving release to like people who don't usually have options in life. But on the other end, it's like they have feelings, too and they should deny you for being a crap crappy you know loser Well, i don't think anyone's
1: arguing that like uh you know prostitutes uh should have the right to turn down money to you know to provide a service to an ugly person right like i don't think that's i think so i don't know i mean i actually don't know what the what the arguments are but i would be really surprised if like you know, sex worker advocates or whatever, were like, you know, um, if you're sufficiently ugly, we're not going to service you because these are the same people who say that, um, you know, like estheticians who wax people's, you know, intimate areas should like, should offer those services to anyone regardless of their physical makeup, right? So right. It, I mean, that's a huge contradiction. I is I think as long as there's, a, it's
0: transactional and there's currency being exchanged uh, that they're cool But the issues around like unattractiveness and sex work, quote unquote, I mean, I hate that term, but like, it's always a sticky issue because it's like, it's not, um, how shall I describe it? There's an issue of like, I think dignity there for both the sex worker and the person who is seeking them out because they can't find like a willing partner. There's always like going to be that dance around it there's always like sort of like this question of your own inner worth. I feel, but I mean, I I agree. I
1: mean, no, I mean, I think what I, where I do really agree with you is I think that sex workers, especially like very vocal ones um, online, they don't realize that like that a man's only intimate, like intimacy is through purchase is like, I mean, that's, that's heartbreaking. That's, that's, that's life ruining. Not because, you know, it's like, it's just your conception of yourself and they, they have no sympathy for that. And that I, I agree. It's like, you know, have some self-awareness. Like the reason that you're stigmatized is because, you know, like half of half of the activism you do is about just this issue. How could you be right. so myopic?
0: Well, I think it's because they have a very like deconstructed materialist uh, view of sexuality that like there is no boundaries. It's very like after the orgy type of thinking around sex. So therefore to have any sort of like Shame around it, like they want this perfect, like quasi-commune society where it's like you know, you know, in the Soviet Union they had it too, you know, like it's no, no. In fact, the the lo- there were laws against it in certain periods of the Soviet Union. I know Brezhnev, I mean, Prude, you you could probably fill me in on that one, but like there, you know, this whole idea of like the free sex, um, you know, after the orgy, like there is no boundaries, there's no transgra- the transgression, is essentially the norm. They feel that to have any sort of shame around how you achieve the goal of sex, they're like, oh, that's irrational. That makes no sense. But for a man's inner worth, I mean, you can't like get rid of that hardwiring that like, you know, as a man, you feel that you are fulfilled or you are worthy of it because, you know, again, like delicious tacos talks about this when he says that, you know, the first lay is like the ultimate one because that's like the. The getting over that eschaton of like being viewed as a sexual being but you know when you're a fat person i mean you are not viewed as a sexual being unless it's some like the issue around exploitation and fetishism which i was reading this article from vox by this fat woman which was quite good in that regard although they have to like layer it with like typical leftist activism maybe i'll maybe i'll put it up on screen uh when we're done in the film analysis so anyways yeah i mean what do you guys have to say about that i mean
2: well, uh, well the, Matt, the, what is your sex weird? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, well, uh, hmm, where to begin? Um, so uh, the the man's self-worth thing is, is inevitably true. I find it interesting when individuals that advocate for some kind of prostitution or transactional exploitation uh, will say things like, oh, you know, there's a lot of male... Uh, sexual frustration, which can then lead to in uh, anger or violent action. Which lead to St.
0: Elliot. Yeah, well, <laughs>
2: yeah. you know. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I mean, know they was- would never
1: advocate, though, for, like, women who want partners to, no, to of course per- not to purchase that i mean it's just they i think they know the truth and they're they're too proud well they to, they do and,
2: and they and they beat around yeah. the bush around a very uh uncomfortable issue and that's that's the that's the thing that i find so interesting so when people say like you know uh they we should provide pr- uh prostitution or those kind of services to men who are despondent and lonely I mean... Steaming EGF, yeah. Well, yeah, right. And I mean, Delicious Tacos talk has talked about that as well. But the issue, right, <laughs> is is that they've made it out to be that a man's sexual frustration is his only frustration. When right. In, a, in well, a modern world, that's not the case. The The other issue, and of course, the, the discourse around it is never, ever... Uh, actually, I think a lot of times when people talk about quote-unquote sex work or like, prostitution, I don't think it's ever done in a very... Um, straightforward lens it's, it's very they they do dance around a lot of the more uncomfortable issues because it is an intimate act it is an act that does hardwire one's brains this is why every movie that's about no strings attached or friends with benefits is the fact that these people are purposefully trying to resist the hardwiring that comes catching from catching feelings well from yeah catching yeah. feelings which is like okay great you've pathologized the normal bodily reaction to sex so fantastic um, And yeah, uh, yeah and
0: on after the orgy podcast I mean cat here and uh personality girl they went into that with uh i forget the exact episode but the catching feelings thing yeah, it's I our remember. second episode yeah 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 yeah. what is personality Do- girl doing by the way
1: she uh i mean she thinks everyone from twitter is degenerate and kind of is off in her own her own world she's she's above us
0: now good for her though she's probably right though Yeah, she she ascended (laughs) if you will
2: (laughs) there's there's plenty of us degenerates on twitter i'm sure so so, maybe
0: we get her on the show Um, Um. but
2: uh no i the the thing with all this discussion right he he backs out of it because even though he's uh fat and overweight and all that sort of stuff like even he's like i'm i'm worth something better than this uh which i think is like it's maybe the only upside to the film is, is that yeah, at but least is the guy he, has the self-dignity to not sleep with a prostitute like good on you at least but i mean the rest of it right he does <laughs> um oh man yeah Ge-geo cells are never going to recover from this one yeah i but, know um, my,
0: my cred is slipping away but and, and um, that's
2: the and the, but that's the thing about the film and That you know he's surrounded by, and he's trying to. Of course, everything for him is about sex because the sort of whether it's the new ladism of the 1980s, or of course this is in the wake of movies like American Pie or Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, um, that, that it's something that does come into perspective that everything around a man's worth is centered around sex, and I think this is a big consequence, of course, writ large of the sexual revolution. I'm um, yeah. sorry for going on a more of a trad oriented rant, but it's like someone who definitely slept around when he was in like college and had a good time in his younger twenties. Uh, you know, it does put a, a number on you where it's just like, Oh, what am I doing? Right. Cause at the end of the day, it's the same thing that every movie kind of catches on about. I mean, hell there's even a musical about a company where, you know, like you can be a bachelor all you want and get around, but, at the end of the day, you go home to an empty bed or for in, in the case of Rhino here at the end of the day, you're going to wake up and go to sleep to a, a blank screen of your computer or television that has a skin flick on. And there's even a part in the film where like his dad tells him that this girl's moving in with him that uh, you're just he wakes up with his hands in his pants after a, a session with himself where. He onastically, um, you know, releases all over his like face and glasses. He gives himself a yeah. Bowl.
0: That scene was crazy. Yeah, I remember that. It's like oh, like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like it's like sticks on his glasses and it's like, boom. Like
1: <laughs> there is so much um, product there too. I mean, that was, that's yeah, I just... know.
2: <laughs> and <like> I, he's <laughs> those. It's like he's taking those weird pills. You know. Like uh, well, or, or never mind. I'm not. <laughs> 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 uh, but. I, i'm sure the man oh answers himself, but like um oh, all
0: the trad people left their audience uh room. but no. i mean
2: th- th- that it's, it's funny because when she moves in right he tries his best to clean up around but he like he walks in and all of a sudden it's um you know like he opens the the fridge and he's got some of his like porn stuff in there and whatnot like like you're, you're clearly getting the um the 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 relationship between the two very early on but you know, he doesn't sleep with her. She she wakes up to him literally jerking off to his own fantasy of being with her. Yeah. That he, and again, throughout all of the film, there's also these weird, like, almost like Kafka style, like, illustration or situations the, of where it breaks into animated comic form of his comics that he's working on. And he's just like, screw it. I'm going to get laid. And like, there's, he's got all these various forms where like, all the fatties have to like, what weight on the sidelines of basically running with the bulls, but it's running with like the hot women and the horny men facing them. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, yeah. only the uglies and fat people get to watch. They don't get to participate. And um, it's just, uh, it's, it's surreal to a point where he's like, so tired of his frustrations that he tells all the other fat people. He's just like, look at all of you here talking with your products and whatnot. Like there are women that need to be slept with. You need to go do your job. And uh, it's, insane
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's it is insane but then you do have that like you do have like at the same time you have this self-loathing and self-hatred but you do also grow to like resent and hate other fat people who are like have like experienced like you know an elaborate series of copes to deal with the fact that you are overweight like when you do see other fat people that don't want to like um work on themselves or whatever it's kind of like oh man, you know, it's like, it, it reminds you of the same thoughts and feelings you have. And I think like any sort of like community that has a problem, like, like if you have like a certain mental illness, I think it's the same mechanism of like, I, I don't like to be around people that are similar to me because then it will sort of like enable my own thoughts and feelings and like inner frustrations and like lack of motivation. And you certainly sort of, like, give into those. And, and so that's why I think he freaks out on the, uh, the fat lady that he was set up with on a date where you know he's like we're disgusting this is terrible like it's you know what i mean because I, I hate to say it but nowadays like the solution is not like uh maybe as a fat man but like oh why can't they just stick with each other it's like i don't know these like even fat women nowadays uh, are looking for 10 out of 10 chads so i don't, I don't know maybe that's my own perception but I, like, mean, I, don't, I don't think i think that's
1: cope right like i've you know my my own no, name it's not. Is very uncon- unconventional. <laughs> no well let me tell you i'm somewhat you know i'm i've someone with a lot of like fat women friends and um it's usually after you wait give, to
0: tell me this now cat um uh,
1: they i would never subject i i, I care about you too much um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. but i'm but i mean it's it's just like they they there's this great scene in the pilot episode of Girls, where Lena Dunham talks about how she dis she feels so grotesque that she just disrespects herself even more.
0: Yeah, um, and I feel like yeah. a lot
1: of fat women end up doing that. And what they do is they sabotage dates with like average looking guys. and yeah. then they cope by pretending they need someone who's perfect. Um, and then and then ultimately they that's what they what ends up on the dating app. So they because they know they're not gonna get that. So it's a way to keep if they're alone, they can never be rejected, ultimately. I mean, oh some women are, are certainly delusional.
0: I agree. We'll get that a with, we'll get you a pig hag. We'll we'll get into yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But um that that is a weird like to explain the psychology of it, because I know with fat guys, it's like either you remain in a state of perpetual inceldom and quiet desperation or you cope by basically accepting anything that comes down your way or you become a simp and you like i feel like i feel like rhino if he like existed nowadays he would be like giving money to an only fans girl like a five out of ten only fans cam girl and uh, uh, uh that that is like no solution as well if he posted
1: um, his art i mean there's a chance that like he would have weird sex with one of his fans
0: man i'm i'm banking I was about to that. say he could
2: definitely have made bank uh commissioning furry art if he had just like waited a few years for like deviant art to really take off or for I mean, uh, or something. i was
1: i was thinking like I just at watching this movie, I just had this like just bizarre. I mean, this says more about me than the film, but this bizarre thought where he's like posting these all on Tumblr and then just like having sex with like weird alt girls. And, you know, just, like becoming like a, a, a scene sex pest or something. And like I mean gets
2: canceled because of a YouTube documentary about his like, behavior. Yeah, yeah,
0: but right, like, he like documentary on him.
1: he has like yeah. a bunch of like perfectly like consensual sex with like weirdos who are looking for a clout and then like Five years later, there's like the viral medium post.
0: Oh my god. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should open up a Deviant Art. I mean, I heard it's coming back. So Jesus maybe say, I should
2: do Dio, that. you're better than this.
0: No, I mean I'm banking on some weirdo schizo fem cell right wing e-girl to uh slide into my idea. I actually had an experience where someone did, but that that's another it'll never work out. It'll never work out. But anyways, um J- Ethan so- <laughs> There there you go. Um, Maybe I'll maybe I too can marry some. No, no, I I would I would rather sunset than marry someone like but That's that's
2: um. So do I want to get to the ending? Because that's to me with the most interesting
0: discourse here. Mind blown by the take on coping mechanisms. No, it's true. Like you do, you have this weird repulsion to other fat people because you know that deep down inside, if you do end up like submitting to their cope, that you have the same feelings yourself. And therefore, um, therefore you don't, you almost have this hostility towards them, but then you also have this, like, I remember before I started trying to lose weight, like starting to like seriously examine my health. Like I know I should probably not say, but you know, I'm an open book when I was, you know, this was around 2018 when I got out of grad school and I knew that the PhD thing wasn't going to work out for a variety of reasons. Um, cause things were changing at this time and I just sort of like let myself go. And I was like borderline diabetic and I didn't want to take pills and I didn't want to do anything. And I didn't want to change myself. Um, it's like you start to like, this is when like the real isolation takes hold. And I was like the, the day I told you to this in private, but like the day that really woke me up was when I finally decided to go get blood work done and go see my GP. And I was like literally like a hair away from being like, You know, considered diabetic, and that was when I was like, "Man, like I'm, I have to change. Like this is this is not good." And if you like see pictures of me from 2018, like when I first started like facing, I look terrible. I admit, like I look. A lot of those streams are gone nowadays, but like, oh man, that was terrible. Um, but you know, it's like yeah, around that time, when you're in the depth, when you're in the depths of it, you don't, you have this inability to change yourself because you figure that. It's literally impossible. I've always been this way. There is no point. And it's not going to net me the hallmark of normality, which is to have a you know, to get married, to have kids, to have a normal life. It's like what's the point? And it you know, and I feel like a lot of people in not just fat people but also like people that are you know, have various mental illnesses or have various other issues. It's like you can relate to that sort of thinking. But I feel like this time nowadays, when it comes around, the issue of the very visible problem of being overweight as society in one end tries to normalize it in a very terrible and I would say destructive way. And I've had threads about this on Twitter, you know, many moons ago on the one end, you try to normalize it on the other end. It's like, we still have this thing about like fat people are bad. Fat people are evil. Fat people don't have that like inner control. Um, And there's a variety of reasons why people become obese but at the same time, it's like, you know, the other side of it being like, oh, you just have to accept people. That's also equally destructive. And I feel like these movies like Fatso play to those dichotomies of people around you are, no- are basically enabling you. Then you try to change, but that doesn't work out. And then it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, that changes
2: a- environment. That's the thing. Yeah, this is that he yeah, tries to yeah. change it, but he stays in the same environment that has been his coping mechanism or a self you know reinforcing feedback loop of like oh man you can just be like us let me tell you about my exploits let me keep you as the secondary let me keep you as the fat friend emotional support yeah. vessel that I tease exactly. with my exploits he doesn't get out of that environment instead he just does The same thing that he's always been doing. He's still surrounded by the people that are, you know, telling him to do it. Like there's the bizarre scene of the fleshlight talking to him about, like, you know, just just submit to insuldom. I'll (laughs) always be here for you. You don't need to worry about the woman. Oh God! Oh God! (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's there, and even when he tries to change and work out and buy the tracksuit and all the workout equipment it doesn't matter because he doesn't change his environment. He doesn't get a new set of friends. He's still surrounded by the same people. So even though he's got this like sense of bravado and like you could act like a real debonair, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're still more or less environmentally and in a lot of ways, really just the same person. You only change this tiniest facet of yourself.
1: Shall we talk about the, the ending, the very prophetic ending (laughs) ending that explains everything um uh but, you know what it, it would be i would be doing a disservice to the film if i <laughs> if i introduced the scene
2: uh sure so yeah. it's it's the morning after she wakes up and finds him jerking off to his own fantasy in the same bed with her and but didn't she is,
0: like have a this, drunken sex with her ex that like yeah, she something pain. like that. Yeah,
2: and um, this is this has been recurring throughout the film because at the opening part of the movie, with the horny police putting the rhino animated guy into the the, the cop car, is that he's like, oh, well, clearly, you know, we should just get rid of the source of the problem when they like pull yeah. out a blade. And and, um, and we
0: know that the rhino horn has always been an archetypal symbol for. The phallic, virility. The it's used virility, as, yes.
2: uh it's used as alternative aphrodisiacs and, and things chinese like medicine that. Yeah. yeah yeah and so he says screw it i'm just gonna cut it off and uh there's a scene where they're arguing over it and then in his rage he does it but almost so uh, but, but
0: to set up the scene though he yeah. has this drill bit he has this dremel um cutter dremel
2: tool yeah That
0: he's like translating the notes for in german and english and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do. And, he- and the thing is, it. I think he did it unintentionally. So yeah. they're arguing. She calls him a creep and an ins. Well, I don't think she calls him an insult, but she really calls no, him no, no, no. She just calls yeah, him a creep before- and a sex
2: pest. And uh, he says, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to cut it off." And then she's standing in front of him, saying, "Do it," you know, like egging him on to do it. And he yeah. does it on accident. It doesn't. It's not fully removed. He goes to the hospital. It's saved. But yeah, uh, it does change. If there's a scene where he's
0: lying back and there's blood in his pants and, and face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, well, again, mimicking the the coom shot of before. Now it's the final act of sacrifice. So like, yeah, it's on his face and his glasses. So then he's in the hospital but, with his. Yeah, go ahead. But It's
1: also I mean, it's also on her. I mean, it, he finally ejaculates on her but it's the blood, it's the, it's blood is on her hand. Blood is on all women's hands for rejecting him and making him a <laughs> cast <himself. laughs> And she yes, becomes
0: yes. a woman. <laughs> yeah, my twisted world, right, posting right there. <laughs> yes, the blood is on the hands of all of you femoids. That should be punished. No, no, I'm kidding, 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 kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, she eggs him on, But the reason I say, like, is he worthy of these, like, thoughts and feelings, because I think that there's this weird transition when this happens where he has to lose his rhino horn. He has to lose his symbol of the phallic to go from treating women as sex objects to then going to viewing them as human beings with their own thoughts and feelings. Because really throughout the film, what I found interesting was she becomes this weird muse for him. And she becomes this motivating force, this pixie dream girl. But at the same time, she has her own, like, I'm a hot mess. I have sex with married men that I regret because it's not going anywhere. And he's there. And the scene in the bed where she, like, falls asleep with him is that, to me, what I viewed it is like, he's almost, like, the comforter. Like, he's the gay best friend. And he's, like, you know, the sexless, or I should say, not sexually a threat to her. Because he's half a man. He's not like a real... And, and unfortunately, like, I mean, this is like some deep truth here is that a lot of fat men that are in the presence or have a friendship of beautiful women, as you said, cat, they are viewed as almost like not sexually threatening. And you can have great relationships with women in terms of like this emotional bond, kind of like in heavy, right? But you're still not viewed as a sexual threat. You're not viewed as like a, a commodity, an, an item. Because of your stature. And so I feel like he's rebelling against it by saying, "Well, you know what? if I'm not a sexual object of desire to anybody, then I might as well just dethrone this thing that has motivated my resentment and my frustration and my longing and my creepy incelish porn addicted um misogyny. And it's like it was a really powerful one. But then when he awakens out of it when he's in the hospital, then he realizes like, he has to become something more and he has to view life as something more and i feel like that that is why i felt felt like it was a, i mean i could be wrong i mean what what's your take on the ending i mean you 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 two have different takes obviously
1: i mean i think i i i agree with you um i i think i mean what's obviously like most significant for now is is that is that choice and where that choice has come from yeah um and what makes this movie uh, dated is that he that he ends up choosing to overcome that um, and he doesn't castrate himself he yeah he, he moves on and he tries to become a man and he you know in the final one of the final scenes he he hits on uh you know a beautiful cashier and he 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 doesn't stoop to that I mean fat fatso 1980 and fatso 2008 show that, like, he is not going to date the fat woman. He's not going to pick up the scraps. He's not going to uh, get, he's not even going to go with the woman who's been pumped and dumped. He's, yeah. he's going to, tr- you know, transcend and know, you know, know his worth.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, Matt, what, what, what did you think of the ending?
2: I thought that, it it was interesting because i feel like in a lot of ways it showed the alternate path to what we see today so i mean clearly he has this experience of almost losing something that hey you kind of need to have as a man um yeah and and, uh like how the film ends right He, he he recovers he talks to her and says like hey you know uh, the the doctor says, you know, they prohibited sex for like four weeks or whatever or, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. And he walks off. Right. And he sees all these naked women. But it doesn't matter. Like he's just going about his day. And um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's interesting because he chooses not to go all the way with it. And he chooses to, you know, have that come to Jesus meeting and realize like, oh, shit, you know, maybe it, it really is me compared to where. I think there is a a predatory trend, I think, where it's the opposite, where a lot of people nowadays can choose to identify in a certain way. uh, And that way to to get closer with women, that's why there's a lot of um, uh, discourse you see around certain trans issues of like suck the dick bigot and things like that, where... It's, it's, it's like that. And unfortunately, whereas this is the alternative where he sort of realizes and snaps himself out of it, that this ideation over sex and the ability to not get any um, that there is more to being a human being than just uh, getting your rocks off with somebody compared to where a lot of it is sort of a sexual strategy in and of itself, taking advantage of a movement. But I I feel like it sort of predates a lot of the um, current discourse over this issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I interpreted that is I remember I was watching this film with my best IRL friend and he was actually the one that told me to watch this. We watched this together. And I'm like, I'm like, you bastard. How could, how dare you did this to me? Because it's funny. Cause right after this one, we watched 500 the week before we watched 500 days of summer. And that was another film that was just like devastating to me. <laughs> so
2: like, oh wow you just watched two movies back to back that'll really make you more <laughs> yeah, yeah make you not appreciate women at all
0: yeah I know right I know Um. so at the end he interpreted it and I thought that was very profound when he was like walking in the park and he was sees like the da- dancing naked women that are almost like these ghost like entities to me it was sort of like his uh. <sighs> What did Josh say? He said that, like, in a way, he lets go of his sexual desire. And therefore, he has conquered through the symbolic cutting of the horn, he has conquered his own frustrations and his own need. And therefore, he can appreciate women on a more of a erotic and I would even say metaphysical level. But maybe that's just me reading too much into it. I mean. I think like the ending is quite interesting, and then he also gets up the courage to like ask out the uh, cashier. And uh, does she say that she wants to go on a date with him? I think?
2: Yeah. No, no. Um, I think she. She's engaged, he, but she. Yeah, would. she's engaged, but she would. Yeah.
0: Whoa. So it's kind that. of it's kind of a
2: play <laughs> off. Of, it, it's the I think it really kind of almost plays off of how heavy ends because it's just like, yeah. Do you want to go out with me? And she's like, Oh, I'm engaged, but you know, you seem nice. I have a
0: boyfriend, but. You know, I would though, I would. I mean, but when women say that, do they mean that or is it just like being nice? I don't know.
1: It's. I mean, it's ambiguous. She really is engaged because she has the ring.
0: Um, I don't know if I
1: believe it, but he believes it. And I think him believing it is
0: meaningful. Right, right. But I agree with Remnant over here. The problem is that women cannot change their nature. Therefore, the incel question's kind of mute. But, uh, (laughs) um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> There's the same problem with feminism all count Productive cope and resentment. Um, remnant one day. I don't care if you have to use a, a voice mod. You must come on content-minded or a digital acapella. Though. That would be amazing. Um, so yeah, the, so I think like, yeah, there is this sort of overcoming of his own condition. And even though he doesn't achieve what he wants, um <laughs> someone clipped you saying, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> um no i think that it is it is quite an interesting film and i feel like it does in a lot of strange ways it does sort of like foreshadow the incel because like when when did when did incel discourse come really like prominent was it 2013 or was it uh,
1: yeah incel discourse was uh contrived right so the incel exists um much Real earlier four. but it's contrived in in 2014
0: yes 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 after after uh elliot peace be upon him did his terrible deeds so um but yeah i really think that so is interesting because there is a level of self-overcoming that self-overcoming that <laughs> happens and uh it's when i first watched it i remember because my friend he was consciously like oh man you, you have to watch this film and i'm like oh my god you know what am i in for and uh yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I feel like um when you are given uh when you are given sort of the uh friendship of a more of an attractive woman as a fat person or as like a man who is not conventionally attractive at the same time the bargain for being not viewed as a sexual object is you do you are afforded a more of a stronger emotional connection than normal men would. But the cost of that is that not going anywhere. Which is like, you know, I'll say no more. I'll say no more. So, but then I guess the opposite side is like, if you ha- if you are a man who is like you know, for lack of a better term, a pussy slayer, then it's like you lack that emotional connection, and it also equally does not go anywhere beyond the physical act. But, but then I mean, it's that's like a
1: choice. That's it's uh, it, yeah you could...
0: yeah that's a choice. Yeah, I
2: would really say the inverse of this movie would be like um, that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Scarlett Johansson film Don Juan. Oh yeah, John. John. I don't, I don't know how they they did the title for it, but I mean, in that instance, he's an internet porn addict and doesn't really change despite being a womanizer compared to this guy constantly acting on his sexual frustrations and his own internet and pornography filled thoughts. That you know he he opts to change, um, although it does take a, almost a significant cost of you know yeah basically removing his own member there. But yeah, it's a. Uh, It's an interesting film that predates a lot of... Because what, incel comes around Gamergate. And and this is where I think the stereotype of the angry video game nerd who doesn't get any and he's attached to pornography also comes around. And, And again, this is 2008, so this is really before a lot of big porn sites and things like that are just ubiquitous. I mean, not to say that you couldn't find it if you wanted to. I mean, obviously you could back then, but... It was, a uh, you know, despite today where the, the jokes and the memes are about like 2D women are better than real women or that you can just watch <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, yeah, he's, he's still attracted to like women. Right. Like he still goes nuts about uh, an encounter with a woman and experience where I feel like nowadays the the Internet porn problem has gotten so bad to where there are men who will end up with women that can't even achieve climax because of their own like hardwired part of their brains and pornography. Like this is a totally different, uh, era, but still highlights really and shows the forerunner of the problem.
0: Yeah. It almost reminds me of like rad on Twitter that like, they'll, they'll like a uh, quote tweet people like met gold and they'll be like, you are addicted to porn. You are. it's like you only view women through pornography. It's like, it's a it, which is true unfortunately a lot of young men do have that pornified view of of relations between men and women and it is a, a huge problem but yeah it's just like I, I my my you know do you know uh my friend anna on twitter uh you know B- Byzantium. you know B- Byzantium.
2: uh i'm familiar i think i have her block. yeah
0: she's from turkey oh you have her block okay it's funny because like she quoted tweeted this one guy talking about um like some like nine out of ten is this or that or some like mid-discourse. And she's like, you are a baboon that belongs in a cage. I don't know why I found that so funny. Like, you were a baboon that belongs in a cage. <laughs> like, uh, listen, we love our rad femmes, folks. Don't we love our rad femmes, folks? So um if she's listening to this, I love you, Byzantium I mean, I, I it's just I found that one tweet particularly funny. Um, like when rad femmes go after like men on Twitter, it's co- it's quite hilarious. I I don't know. I find humor in it. I don't know. It's <laughs> oh boy. So default. Um, you there still?
1: I'm still here. Um, I actually, uh, you know, speaking of of fatness, um, I <laughs> I I managed to eat, to eat lunch on this stream without making any like disgusting sounds or anything. Nice, nice. Um, Bravo. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well- so shall we, shall we go to, to the ladies?
0: <laughs> yes. We've been talking yes. about yes. men so much. So I anticipate the view count just plummeting, but uh, the, the I, I don't even know if I could show it. Cause there's, I mean, you could probably show it. She just has a bra on YouTube, right? It's like, okay, let me, let me see if I could find a good photo. Pig. So this third film that we're featuring now centers around a fat woman, Pig Hag. So, I mean, look, it's weird. It?
2: 2019 film, indie film, directed by, written and directed by two gay men. Yes. Uh, yeah. a, about a, a fat woman uh, in her mid-thirties. She's 36 in the film, and it centers yep. around. There you go. Uh, and it centers around getting ghosted. <laughs> in my only take for this film and this is my take for this film despite the fact i wrote five and a half pages for it for notes while watching um is that um, gay men create a fem cell
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah, that's, yeah. i
1: actually think that's a really important point because nobody is as hard on women as gay men yes Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <subject Yeah>. to, <laughs> to it. Change, got it. Yeah. Correct. Gay men are ba- are better at hating women than women are at hating themselves, and that like even like a scorned heterosexual man is. I mean, it's
2: incredible. Yeah. yeah we We, we could <laughs> never. We could never hate. Um, I'm thinking women we're back to is gays. Jeez,
0: yeah.
1: Scaring. T- when was I scared?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was talking about the desires of fat men. Uh no. Like, um, no, it's true. I mean, this explains the. Uh, the perfume nationalist extended universe but uh
1: i don't know a thing about that one i don't know a thing about who is that I'm you don't
0: serious. know jack the perfume oh my
1: god i Gio. uh but moving right moving right along
0: um okay oh, fib, k fib, k fib, k don't worry about it. don't worry about it. Um, um a lot of the uh, red scare uh, gay gay guys that hang around they probably they like Never mind, ne- never mind, never mind, moving on Moving on. And so, wait, 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 so, What were you going thinking... to say? Go ahead so, I was going to say like a lot of the gay men that hang around the Red Scare Extended Universe, they also like they feed off of like Anna and Dasha cattily chiding other women and it's like, I don't know this is a weird dynamic um, when it comes to the right wing gay man, so um, no, I'll say no more, I will say no more uh,
2: <laughs> but like the, the right wing feels... gay man yeah <laughs> they exist
0: um
2: <laughs> uh, homofash is very real uh but so like I, I think that you can just see the film dripping and w- uh, see this is the thing i don't know if the film being written by two gay men like if they're trying to uh, experience or, or provide a realistic take because there's no part of this film that felt relatively realistic at all its dialogue felt really flat and just like the the angry swearing all the time But then again, I thought to myself, no, this is incredibly realistic because I had a roommate like this once who was this overweight, sexually frustrated, lonely that she would even take the time to reply to her trolls and stuff like that. And, you know, it does illustrate that she's 36. She's craving male attention. Um, You know, she's jealous of her married sisters that have things going on. But, you know, it's very hard to have sympathy for her as she like is the sort of matriarch of these like four gay men that are in her life and yeah oh, uh, and, and she's loving guns and roses like we're getting this sort of like middle class or lower middle yeah. class like white yeah woman fat white woman in her late or mid mid 30s and she's concerned about yeah sh- yeah children. go to any
0: like o- like go to any like oldies like like butt rock concert you'll find like yeah,
2: and she gets Man, mad yeah, at like, Axel Rose, broke his foot or something, and she's drinking Natty Light at, at the concert oh or, or in her car. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, they've gotten the peak lonely white woman, lower class white woman, uh, perfectly she's done. She's also a
1: registered nurse, right? Yeah,
2: she's yeah, a contract she's nurse. A,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, which I think is also like significant. I mean, I thought that I, thought I thought the only unrealistic thing about the movie was just like, the filth that she lived in, like I didn't understand. Yeah. Like, did she live in like Mexico? Like, what the hell's going on with that apartment?
2: She lives somewhere. She says Los. The the film says Los Angeles. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, like,
1: I, what I'm saying is like the the actual set. Uh, set oh, for her, for her, her apartment? apartment It's like. I mean, it's
0: it's like a horror movie, which is... no, but I but I be, but I believe it <laughs> like, though. Pure because... grody fem cell. Like this is true. why. You know, but like me and Cat, we were like, okay we talk about the incel this was after the adam lanza episode and we're like what can we do is there any media that depicts the fem cell and Kat's like have you ever heard of pig hag and i'm like what what is pig hag and like, what then i just had to watch this film but it does i think like it's a different side of the fem cell it's not like the like emaciated wannabe anime girl like living in filth watching like yaoi in a messy room it's more of like the uh like the obese woman side of it, which is like yeah. interesting. I
1: think it's it's the it's more real somehow because you know the 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 girl watching anime like probably can get sort of like a Greasy, you know, a greasy boyfriend who hangs out at the movie theater or whatever. Um, yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm showing my age here, but like this woman, like it really is remarkable. Like the guy who she sleeps with is a totally ordinary guy, but he really is out of her league. And that attachment she she like develops is extremely real. And I've seen this happen a thousand times easily.
0: Whoa. So okay, so basically she's going to this GNR concert. and she meets this like, like, I don't know, like they met at the pool in the hotel. In the motel. No, they,
2: they, they met because she's crying um, and drinking on the sidewalk. And he total passes her by. Yeah, he passes her by and says, sorry, dude, uh, basically misgenders her and she freaks the fuck out. Um, and she's like, I am a woman. And she like grabs her tits and it's just like, look. And she's like, I'm sorry. I only saw you from behind, you know, because she's And big. I think
1: like an important note here too is women who look like that, when they're only like, they only register as someone to acknowledge to most men. Yeah. If if they're like notably in the way and you're like, you know, move, right? Or if they're misread as men, which I think mm. is sort of like an underrated point here
0: do you mean like that they are not viewed as women in toto or they're They're not they're
1: not viewed as women um but if they if they if they are clocked as women they're invisible like you just like there's no need for them right like nobody wants to acknowledge a woman who's that ugly and it's it kind of just is what it is and it's a really difficult thing to to experience and so it's interesting that he doesn't acknowledge her first as a woman he acknowledges her first as a man so that he sees her as a woman at all, at any point in this transaction, it is probably part of why she becomes so attached.
0: Yeah. Well, actual physical help. He actually watched the film with us. So he said he was terrible. I mean, it was a bad, like in the way it was made, it definitely was not like the sort of, um, I think like new line cinema led the way in the 1990s, with like, uh, what they called like new queer cinema, like Gregor Kana, <laughs> like 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 the the Teen Apocalypse children which we probably will cover in this on this show. Um, like it depicted like films made by gay men for gay men, and like they well not just like gay men but also like queer relationships that are like ambiguous. I mean queer in the academic sense, you know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So.
2: But it's interesting though about this because is this they, film they,
0: just gay men making fun of fat women?
2: Well, no, 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 mm-hmm. because the 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 because the film does have a back and forth, uh, a little non linear break where it does show the night that they spend together and her like over attraction where she's like thirty six. She does think about children. She doesn't want her uterus to rot up inside of her. (laughs) And she's saying all of these things to a guy that she only just met. And they had a few drinks in the pool and she wants to sleep with him because Lord knows how long it's been. And I I don't think that the film is actually unrealistic in the way that she carries herself. Oh, and by the way,
0: the the film opens with her getting trolled through text messages by some 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 guy named
2: Mitch, in parentheses, from the internet. Um, you know, with matching. And I think it was very realistic about how, you know, this is is common for older women in their 30s who maybe don't feel accomplished in life through traditional means. I'm not just talking like marriage and relationships, but like having uh, someone in their life going steady or having male friends. Instead, she is this like matriarch of four gay men that coddle her and sort of help her with everything that she does. And so when she's alone with this like guy, this dad bod looking dude who's bald who had a wife, has some he, kids, he although looks we don't know like, how true that is.
0: He looks like the husband from uh This Is Us of the Fat Yeah, sister. yeah.
2: No, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's his
0: name? Toby? Yeah.
2: Toby. Yeah, I think Toby. Uh but I mean, afterwards, right? And he like quickly leaves her and like he's trying to already come up with an excuse because like he said he flew and then he has a car and he says that he's sick, but she's a nurse and she throws him away. And I thought this was like the perfect, because um, like Kat, you wrote a, a great piece in uh, the American Affairs Journal where you were reviewing Jonathan Frazen's Crossroads. And you asked the question in there, what are the social consequences of a hurt person in regards to like a sexual context? Like here's your film in a lot of ways. Where like what what are the social consequences like well this woman is wrecked she's alone she can't get with anybody she's jealous of her like married sisters even though she's like kind of coping with like well this man wants her to like you know just cook and clean and have sex with him and he's the breadwinner like um all all of these things are sort of put on display and so her her idea of escapism when she's ghosted and nothing really comes out of it you know, she rips up the bandana of his that she's got. She does buy the trailer and she becomes basically a femme cell with her four gays traveling around California in the country. And it's, Whoa. uh, it's just, it's like me, lesbians it's moving out to
0: the country. Yeah. Yeah. Very depressed. Yeah. Like there's this moment where she's talking about it with them. Like, okay. I don't know what the dynamic is with the, uh, how shall I say this F slur hag, you know, and, and gay men. <laughs> 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 you
1: know what I've always found striking about that dynamic. It's this, it's very similar to the dynamic between a beautiful woman and an ugly, you know, an ugly woman. It's like, they gas them up in this way. That's totally self destructive Like, well, it's not self destructive yeah. it's, it's destructive. Like you, you can't just tell the, per- you can't just, it's just like, you can't tell the fat man you're doing everything. Okay. You can't say that to the fat woman either. At some point you need to compassionately push them towards change. But the, 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 you know, F hag position is a way of trapping yourself and in, in bad habits.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I think like, but, the, but what do the gay men get out of that relationship with women? Do they like get emotional support or like what, what is it? Or is it like some weirdo, like power fantasy? Like what, it, like I, I could never understand why. I mean, maybe because I know from the woman's perspective, like having a gay best friend is like, you know, part of my French. It's like uh, you, you have this like narcissistic supply in a way. Like it's a man that doesn't have the same like sexual threat as other men, but like what do gay men get out of that. I don't know. I would have it's to ask. In-
1: It's interesting. I've never, I don't think I've ever had a close uh, gay male friend. I've had close straight friends, but I've never, but but then like, I'm not one of, I'm not, I'm not glamorous enough, but I'm also not abject enough to attract gay men as a woman, as a woman. That's right. right.
0: Gay men, they never go after mids. It's always like stunningly beautiful women who have gay best friends or like absolute pig hags like her. Uh, that well, I think yeah. Matthew, I think I Matthew think Barry
2: right. pointed out in the chat, revenge on the projected image of their mother.
0: Whoa.
1: Whoa. That's a amaz- I don't if know I if could it's- snap. I would. That's that's great. I love that. I think that's, that's I think it's tape. right. <laughs>
0: oh my God. That's
2: fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Barry. Um Whoa. But yeah, no, I love, cause there's, there's, there's so much in here where again, like the, the, the gay best friend cadre or gay harem almost, uh, it basically just keeps her perpetually infantilized in a lot of ways yeah. where, where her sister, the voice of reason is correct where like the, the sister on the phone call after she sleeps with him is like, well, you know, she says things like I met a boy, you know, and the sister's just like, well, you know, you're, you're being a little wild. You're getting intense. And she snaps at him. She's like, you don't want me to be happy. I'm happy here. Like just go back to your wife or your husband and kids and whatever. And she, you know, she just like swears at her yeah. all the time. And um and how does this end? My she she's crying, my gaze have ruined me. And so that I, in was order an to amazing make amazing scene. That was a, that was a confession. I loved it. It was fantastic because like I, I'm sure that that kind of phrase or uh, commentary is definitely true. And so yeah. what's her solution? Well, maybe if I act like them it'll be fine. So let me just present myself uh, ass up and let anyone have my way with me. Uh, to which, of course, she's not like gay men. Her attempts yeah. to be like a gay man are useful or useless because, even after the third guy that she's been with, that's used her for basically to pump her and dump her, uh, she like gets out of from the covers, reveals herself, and says, "Do you want to stay and watch a movie?" And he's just like, "What? Fuck this!" And like leaves, and like she, she that breaks her, and that's it. So and so, what, how does it? Like, it you skip over a I- film.
0: Yeah, like, but you did you skip over the part where she, uh, oh my God, how do I describe this? Which was a really weird scene. She becomes a, uh, she does a bit of sex work herself in a way, but not like traditionally. You know what I'm talking about? That one scene?
2: Or what? She just like posts herself and says, like, here's my apartment, come in.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lineup of men that, uh, do the deed yeah that's what I'm i didn't think for money yeah
2: they just do it to do it and so oh, okay yeah yeah and, yeah. and what, what what's that's the thing that breaks her those like the third guy that finally like comes in finishes and she's like do you want to stay for a movie or something and he's just like no and leaves no nope. it I basically breaks her and that's how more or less it transitions to the end of the film where she gets the camper and her gays are just going along with her and she becomes the fem cell
0: yeah yeah and i feel like there's a pervasive sterility to it um because like it's almost similar to like this is us and for those of you in the chat the only reason i know about this is because my mother used to watch this show so i would like she would like force me to watch certain you know what's funny i would always say that on 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 twitter and, and they're like, Gio, I don't think she forced you. I think you just are generally curious in this, like, trash media. I go, yeah, maybe, maybe you got me. But, I mean, This Is Us became unbearable because it's, like, literally just, like, bourgeois excess, and it's terrible. But there's this, like, arc where, like, the fat sister, I forget her name, is, like, trying to have a kid with Toby. And, like, there's, like, the the I think one of the first, like, media depictions of, like, older, like, fat women who, like, have fertility issues and like that's another thing there's always like again like what cat was alluding to there's always like this pervasive like metaphysical and even physical sterility to like the older fatter woman that's like you know her prime it's like this weird um dynamic and now that she like in pig hag she like fully submits to it by going on a road trip with her gay besties and she becomes like the queen of the the flock and but that but then the gays they're not like her real children they are just a replacement they are like this already sterilized version of her children so it's like yeah very archetypal content going on there but maybe i'm just theory selling over an objectively terrible film but no, I mean,
1: I think I think you're right. I, you know, I don't I don't think it's a terrible film. It's not a movie that I ever wanted to watch more than once. I'll be honest. Yeah, I watched it. The
2: same.
1: Yeah. The first time yeah. I watched when the, when I heard about it, um, I think this this streamed because um, South by like, no, it, I, 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 I didn't watch it on the South by Amazon thing, but I did end up I watched it. I watched it when I was in the middle of the desert all by myself. Um, Whoa. So was weird. Yeah. Um. So that was a weird sort of thing. And I just remember being like, I'm not. I I was excited to see I'm like, I don't want to ever go through this again. And then I watched it again a couple of weeks ago for this.
0: Um why were you in the middle of the desert alone?
1: Um I I got scared about about COVID. I wasn't totally alone. There's one other person with me. Oh, okay. Um
0: but,
1: yeah, but I mean like we were pretty isolated. Uh but yeah, we we had we we had an episode in, in March and then we we got over it.
4: But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I, another part of the movie it had, too is yeah. the desert.
0: Yeah, that is a, yeah, yeah. But it's a weirdo like ascetic expression. But for well, there has been women mystics and anchorites that have gone in the desert. There, well,
2: know, yeah. I, the, I ironically the most prominent one I can think of off the top of my head is Saint Mary of Egypt. But um, that's a sort of the inverse of this. But um, but what the the film does with the desert is the she she talks about like funerals or whatever when she's talking to what's his name Nick or Toby or whatever um because he's a funeral director that's the story he gives um and so she's like i don't like funerals like i'd rather just go into the desert and be picked apart by buzzards and so after she gets ghosted she goes to the desert and she like thinks about it and she's gonna like wander off in the <laughs> desert and she gets five feet in there and she sees like some animal or whatever and freaks out and like wobbles back to her car and her flip flops and she's like okay fuck that like i'm just gonna figure something else off yeah and it's just um it, even then right it, it it's an illustration of the suicidal ideation and women doesn't have the same level of commitment as uh as men do
0: yeah yeah it's true so um, i don't think that this is a bad
2: film overall i really do think that this is a confession of what gay men can do to <laughs> women.
1: yeah no i mean it does, i think i i agree i mean it sounds like a joke but i i do think it is an expression of remorse you, you know because there's yeah i it's yeah there's because there's also this sort of like fake maternal energy that the gay best friend brings to the abject woman and yeah
0: the, is, the gay yeah. man
1: can't be maternal i mean it's just it, it he could be loving but he can't be maternal um and yeah I think that exactly that
0: look at this comment fem cell insult i wish i could put default in a prison cell. <laughs> no like who, oh my-
1: who said that which one
0: Never mind, never mind, don't worry
1: about it. <laughs> I love
0: my like, I don't know why I found that funny.
1: I'm no, sorry. No, it's good. I just can't no. even see. Oh, oh, that guy. Okay, so this guy's a persistent troll of mine. He's been following me around since uh, uh, TPG and I did ATO. Uh, he's a real pain oh. in the ass. But got you got to love him because some of his comments are actually pretty
0: funny. I found it funny though. I am... have <laughs> not. cell, incel. I'd like to put it in a prison. Uh, women prisons are actually, they're not as nice as people make them out to be, actually. Do you know that? Women um, prisons are actually pretty terrible. <laughs>
1: like... Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know anything about uh, prison.
2: Um, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, I could help you too. there, Gio.
0: Yeah, yeah. Apparently, women prisons. Um, well, they're bad for different reasons. There still like is a lot of predatory behavior going on, especially from guards, but also like other women. And there still is like gangs and uh apparently, I don't know why, but women's prisoners, they're not as creeped out by having sex offenders among their ranks in the GP yard as opposed to male prisons. If you are like if you have bad paperwork on a GP prison yard in a in a men's prison, um it's not gonna work out for you you better just go to the kindergarten yard as they call it the uh the the what do they call it um sNY special needs yard that's where all the like chomos and uh other people with issues go which is terrible but uh yeah women's prisons apparently they're they're comfortable with having like and people people don't believe this but there actually is women' sex offenders people don't believe that but it's true
1: How could people not believe? I mean, there are like women pedophiles, right? Like that's- that's I'm trying
0: not to say the word cat, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so so sorry. (laughs) No problem. No, no, but yeah, there are women uh, cheese pizzaists, but people don't believe that. They think that women are incapable of- uh,
1: What about the lost profits thing? I mean, that was like that. I mean, they get women, when women are evil, they're really, really, it's hard. I mean, just I don't have words for it.
0: Do you remember that Gamergate porn star? You remember? Um, I
1: don't Carrera? So. Maybe? I don't know. No, yeah, I don't appara-
0: think so. apparently her and her boyfriend were doing that type of activity. Now she's in prison, so all the other uh, Gamergate people had to kayfabe <laughs> their interaction with her. Jesus. So, um, y- yeah, her name is Carrera something? Mercedes Carrera? Something like that. Anyways, anyways. Apparently there was this couple who were these like sgws that debated sargon where the guy ended up redacting his girlfriend did you do you remember this prude
2: oh that's years ago at this point yeah what, what 2015 20
0: yeah she, they hosted a debate between sargon and christy winters
2: oh yeah no i i remember there yeah yeah
0: Man, and apparently that's... the guy was a psycho and he like ended up redacting his girlfriend so good lord yeah, those are the days, man. Those are the... Gotta watch the Lauren Southern documentary to uh, truly appreciate those stuff. No. Oh, if you know what's really funny?
1: If someone really wanted to fuck with her, they would report her for uh, using music that she didn't license.
0: Yeah. Well, well you know about that default, so... that's <laughs>
2: Oh, like yep. uh, th- there's a there's a comment in there too where uh here in the chat or my favorite is in Gene Wolf's Book of the New Sun. The torturers guild didn't allow women to join because they take the torture too far.
0: Yeah, the skeptical feminists. There you go. Gene Wolf Book of the New Sun. Yeah, I watched this pill eater uh um thing on Gene Wolf, the one book book I think it was Book of the New Sun. Um didn't allow women to join because they did the torch too far. No, it's true. Through, throughout history, there has been um, a number of uh, women torturesses who have very, like, disturbing sexual sadomasochism going on. I know that there's that one in Louisiana, back in, like, the, uh, with her uh, slaves. Um, there was also the woman in uh, in Romania that, uh, what's her name? The torturess. Oh, had Bathory? Be- yeah, Bathory. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where the band name comes from, actually. And you know what? Uh, our good friend Alex Kashuda has this episode with Jeffrey, or another good friend of ours, Jeffrey Shollenberger. Yeah, Outsider right?
1: Theory. It's a great, and it's a great episode. It's really I was,
0: I I think I told Jeffrey I should tell them this. I, I was listening to it while I was doing a woodcut, and I ended up cutting my finger, and there was blood everywhere so like I was like had to like rush to the washroom but I'm like oh this is a really good episode so I like had to like bring my phone with me even though my finger was like gushing (laughs) I just remember like listening about this amazing episode about Bathory and like what she was doing and this like sexual sadomasochistic torture and like I cut my finger I like didn't know what I was doing with the gouge I like you know misdirected (laughs) Oh, man. I remember that for some reason. But, yeah, that was a great episode of Outsider Theory. And also my episode of Outsider Theory about uh, Francis E. Dak was also amazing. And I do, and I will promise that someday, hopefully soon, maybe by September, I will get Jeffrey Schollenberger and Alex Kashuda on Content Minded. So we'll see what happens. Um, You know they'll
1: say yes if you just ask, right?
0: <laughs> I know. No, of course. Yeah, of course. I actually messaged Alex. I said it's funny how we have we both had helena on our shows at the same day on the same week so yeah um amazing uh so pig hag was very interesting uh i i thought it was good because there is really i think um like not a lot of literature like the like it's starting to but there's not a lot of uh media that depicts the you know under there is some like depicts like you know fat Undesirable women. Misery,
1: I, I think misery. Misery
0: is so I, you know, funny. You mentioned Kathy Bates, because I was gonna say uh fried green tomatoes. Yeah, she, I agree
1: yes, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Be, but then doesn't she like lose weight and like then she has a boyfriend or something? But like, cause cause Kathy Bates, she's really good at that. Like Delois Claiborne is like another one. But like that's where, like her cheese pizza husband creeping on their daughter. And that was a great film. I loved the Lois Claiborne and Misery is another one. Misery is a great one, but uh, I don't know if we wanted to end by reading this vice article. This is by, I believe I have her blocked on Twitter. I must have her blocked on Twitter. This is by, uh, she wrote a book actually about being a fat woman, believe it or not. I know. Right. Aubrey Gordon, Aubrey Gordon, <laughs> you know, this person cat. I, uh, I've,
1: I feel bad about how much I'm like, how much I orbit left wing media people.
0: <laughs> so you know about her then?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I'm like I read all the shit. It's it's, but yeah. let's 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 hear it, Gio.
0: <laughs> okay, so let me do the screen share. Um, she wrote a book actually called, um, wait, let me get to it. So this is called. Yeah, what am I doing? Fumbling all over myself here. Um, again, I'm not used to the 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 fasting thing, so forgive me if my mind is a bit elsewhere. Um, yeah, here we go. Here we go. She's such a pretty face. Culture tells us bodies like mine are impossible to love. Don't believe it. That's that's actually one of the more decent illustrations I've seen at Vox. So. Uh, have you interacted with this person, though? She wrote a book. Let me go down. Her book is called um, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat, About Fat Acceptance. You know, uh, so I wanted to, let's see, what's a good line here? So um, she's going through about, like, her experience as a fat woman. What's a good line? So the about dating sites, how you know you either get rejected or you become like the subject of fetish despite having what we describe as a pretty face shall i actually google her should i would that be too mean that be too mean i'm doing it i'm doing it i'm doing it yeah i mean she's not that bad i mean if she lost weight she'd
1: yeah she's i just don't know fat, right like i mean yeah like- She's fine. Looking, she looks like you're sort of just like lesbian music teacher or something. <laughs> like, Really likes no doubt, and like, uh, that, and your sixth grade chorus ends up singing it or something.
0: Yeah, for for YouTube purposes, this is not targeted harassment. By the way, this is just us. Like, yeah, she's decent. Like, she's not like. I mean,
1: she's, yeah, she's fine. She she dresses yeah. well for her size. I mean, yeah. I don't. My problem with these people is like she's just
0: a hideous leftist. That's the problem with her. That's
1: <laughs> all these pe- all these people know the truth right like they're just yeah. not it, yeah it's just i i look i know like nice uh, uh like terminally polite like canadian people who won't who won't date fat women right like it's just a instinctual thing
0: yeah it's way harder yeah. no she is right though i mean so but more than that's the messaging mirrors so many experiences have had before it echoes fraternity brothers oh hogging competent prue did you ever do some hogging in your day Um, (laughs) oh he's 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 afk oh okay sorry sorry yeah oh yeah yeah i didn't look at the yeah okay yeah
1: so is hogging even is that real there's no way right i
0: i would like to think that it's not real anymore but certainly in frat culture see in canada we don't have that the frat thing um but i know that there was a thing in frat culture like i know among bands my friend actually toured with a, a gent band as a merch guy and he said that like there'll be a thing like you 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 try to like get the fattest woman you can find or the most ugly woman and it's like oh look at what I did sort of like we, yeah i know that it it was a thing before i don't think it's much of a thing now but um i want to find a good quote so she said that um despite having what described as a pretty face i was constantly reminded that my body was impossible to want we were dating at the height of popularity of sites like hot or not TV shows like the Swan everywhere. I look bodies were openly critiquing and ranked. And so again, this becomes as you know, cat the hallmark of like Jezebel, like EXO Jane 2010s confessional feminism is like the culture is obsessed with ranking women, which I mean, it still is let's face it. It's true. But this was like the height of like these type of shows Two, three, four, his thinness alone earned him much higher standing. But it wasn't just like him. I had learned that I was undesirable to almost everyone. For years, my body took center stage in my dating life. Dates constantly commented on my size, a knee-jerk reaction to the discomfort with the desire. One time, I came to experience any attraction as untrustworthy, as if danger lurked nearby. In retrospect, I worried about my body's safety, as if only violence could develop an appetite for... Only uh, violence could develop an appetite for a body as soft as mine. Uh, I was sexual curiosity. Des- desire for my body like mine meant my partners were irrational, stupid, or resigned to settling for less than what they wanted. In the years since my first breakup, I had struggled to accept interest when I would, where I found it. No matter how a potential partner looked, no matter how enthusiastic they were, I couldn't help. And then, of course, she talks about... Um, you know anti-fatness but also that it's like a fetish um i briefly dated a friend of a friend who decided to return to dating apps like bumble for less than a date when i match with someone i said hello he said oh and of course i can't say this on youtube but like basically he's looking for a fetish lay um fraternity brothers with hogging uh messages that receive my body like tissue plentiful accessible disposable trash fat people aren't the only ones Whose lives w- lives the repercussions of anti-fatness in our relationships? These messages are also laying hard with people who date us, love us, marry us. You don't want to be seen with a fat woman. Desiring fat people is something. But again, this again is very female centric. It's not like what fat me- fat men go through. Something similar, but not to the same. Uh- it's different. It's different. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I
1: I'm always and this is this is really bad of me, but like you know, in the 2010s, when, like, fat women started saying, like, oh, I got catcalled so much, I, you know, there's so many chubby chasers. I don't believe it. I, like, just straight up don't believe it. I think that they're probably more likely to be completely invisible, and because that's more humiliating than being sexually objectified in a scary way, they hammer the few instances. Like, I think this is probably embellished.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, all things Ed Vox, but, like, all things of this era, it's probably, like, all those confessionals are probably embellished, right, apart from, like,
1: I mean, they, they have to be, because it's it's just, like, I've never been obese, but I've been, like, I'm, I'm like, a little bit, like, chubbette, I'll say. And, like, like, <laughs> right, like, I'm not full chubby, but I'm, like, in the, I'm in the, the, the county. Um, and it's, like, I've experienced, like, huge bouts of invisibility, and I'm, like, look, if, if that's what I'm getting, the... There's there's no way there's just like you know secret underground chubby chasers who are you know cat calling these women nonstop. They they probably right. have more miserable existences.
2: So while yeah. maybe some of this is cope, I I would, and uh, some some of this obviously probably is embellished because the men do view, uh, women of a certain after a certain size. I mean it's it's subjective, but I mean it's sort of like the. Justice Potter, you know analogy. You know it when you see it. Where it just they they get turned off the same way that once you notice a wedding ring, they become invisible. But I wonder how much of this though is also um, maybe code switching or perhaps the slight whistle blow for or you know dog whistle for perhaps other people that don't mind it. Uh, I'm thinking of stereotypical interracial relationships. Oh, okay, where,
1: sure, <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, yeah that's the,
0: that's <laughs> that's, the that's the there's right. the, that <laughs> element
2: that element hasn't been addressed, and I, you know, that I know there was a recent
0: episode of Softwood Underbelly like that, by the way. But I mean, it, but terrifying. it's real though. That that, that that's part. Yeah, it is think, real. Is The
2: thing that needs to get addressed, and maybe that's why they're like I'm getting catcalled so much. You're getting catcalled by people that you probably wouldn't sleep with, or that you may have an issue with on a a, a racial or ethnic basis, because like whoa, you gotta, well, you well, I, yeah. If you live in if you live in a heavily diverse city, or if you live in a city of a primary like of a primary one group over the other, like El Paso or you know Dallas is getting this way Dude, as I'm well. Gonna, I'm Where? gonna
1: like you know be I'm gonna make a shit-lip comment. I think for the reason that uh, fat white women don't like the men who tend to be attracted to them it's a class issue more than it is another characteristic. Issue. Maybe. i think those men tend the men who would have that interest in that way tend to be you know working class or middle class at most and i think that's the issue
0: yeah that's true that is true um it's 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 got like something about like you know trailer park americana about it that probably is stigmatized um so here she says uh despite being surrounded by women of all size viewers options instead to drive the and to safe siloed and one-sided experiences away from the prying eyes of the world around them uh while ogus and goddam's research speak only to sexual desire not romantic attraction or aspirations it certainly indicates that our cultural script around size and desire that is so that thin people are inherently desirable and fat people are categorically undesirable are rooted in more perceptions so then this is the typical like social constructionist fat acceptance argument um Many men who are attracted to fat women find ways to express their desire while sheltering themselves from judgment and stigma, including secret sexual relationships with fat women. Too afraid or disgusted to elevate these encounters to full-fledged relationships. Um, in secret relationships with fat women, Virgie Tavar Tavar, oh wow, um, recounted the patterns of one such relationship of her own. Everything was intimate and magical when we were alone. And then all of a sudden it would stop being that way. I would go from being a charmingly eccentric bohemian to being monstrously crass brother. Um, when attracted to fat people, is disgust discussed attraction. Fetishism is never far behind. Fetishism isn't itself necessarily pathological. I would love a chubby chaser that had a fetish. I don't give a shit. Like... <laughs> You
2: know,
0: you take what you can get um, but, but you say that now
2: right i mean right right where, where where does your meeting go behind that i think this is something that women i think are a little more tuned into than men are yeah uh, can't, true. Can't correct me if i'm wrong but like I, I i would say that you know men don't have a problem with it because i think we're a little more hardwired to think um with the head down below than the head above Whereas I think when women reject men, they will have the calculus in mind of like, oh, you're looking at me nothing more than a a piece of meat. Whereas I think when men finally click and have that moment, it's far too late into it.
1: I also don't think women objectify men in the same way. Like, Really? I I mean, maybe like, you know, like women who are obsessed with like K-pop bands probably like bother the Asian men in their lives. Um, But I don't think that like the chasing manifests in the same way. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think I've, so I was once accused of only liking someone because he was Mormon. Um, Hmm. That, that was, that was weird. And then I, but then I was like, I wonder if that's true. It was actually right around the time that I watched pig hat, which is, I was so horrified at the accusation. I was like, would I like him if he didn't have that religious baggage? I don't know. But I don't know. I still don't, I, but I, I still don't think women, do it in quite
0: the same way. Yeah, perhaps. Um but here like of course this article is interesting because it is in vox and she has to give the cope about sex work is real work. To be clear, there are attractions to fatness that take such specific forms that they're undeniably fetishistic. Feeders, for example, long to feed their feedies. Dry- yeah, so if you look at certain YouTubers like uh Foodie Beauty or Amberlyn Herd, oh my god, terrible. Um driving pleasures from watching their fat partner eat. In some cases, from watching them gain more and more weight. Oh, squat fetish. (laughs) Oh, desire to be sad and pinned beneath the Oh my God. Some fat people are happily engaged with these fetishes and find fulfillment or paid work in their role. Some do not, but many fat people have fetishes. Fetishism thrust upon them without consent. there are any chubby chasers in the chat, you are objectifying me. That is why you watch my content. Not for the brilliance of my words. But never mind, never mind. <laughs> fat fetishism has deep roots for many fat people, especially fat women. From some size, desire, shame, se- sex as a rat's nest. Hopelessly entangled. People who internalize anti-fat stereotypes, including the pervasive culture, belief that people are categorically untracked people are unlo- unlovable, are more likely to binge eat or are survivors of uh, assault. Fat acceptance uh, spaces frequently include heartbreaking stories of people whose partners kept the relationship secret, yeah, we've all seen. It. It's actually a decent article. I don't fault it. It's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty decent article. I, but, um, I do
2: wonder how much of this though, because like the things that were listed in there, I, I, this is because wow, the it. chat's
0: going crazy. Oh my god! It's, oh, there you
2: go. I, I the Pierce Brosnan ultimately. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, I, I wonder. Chud meets Chud. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> i'm glad chat's having a good time um yeah, but no yeah. i wonder though and this is the thing about this article and the the thing about class but also the 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 internet thing where she's listing off these these fetishists or, or chasers or whatever is is that we don't have the most accurate gauge and i mean yes we can tell by view counts or purchasing and things like that but yeah i, I yeah. do wonder how widespread of an issue this is because i think that you know Most people will try their hardest not to have a settler mentality, or like, oh, I don't want to settle for somebody. But at the same time, right? People, um, I mean, people have their own, you know, vices. But I just wonder how much of this is something that really does manifest. uh, You know what I think probably
1: happens? I think there's a lot of men who are willing to be with fat women but yeah. then are used to saying, you know, who are used to making comments about women's bodies in an intimate situation. And they'll say things it, during the intimate act, like, you know, look at that fat ass. Right. And after, and, and just not knowing how to compliment the woman. And that's probably interpolated as yeah, you're fat.
0: Yeah. Right. But it's like but men are, in
1: this awkward way,
0: but are there more men willing to be with fat women than there are women to be willing with fat men? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't. I don't really know. It's 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 a it's a good question. I um. I mean, that it depends argue, on yes. what kind of fat, right?
0: Yeah. Well, do you think like like so you th- well? What did you say, Prue? Do you think that
2: I? Would I, be- I said I, I. would think that there would be more men out there willing to to be with a, a larger woman than there are women that are willing to be with a larger guy. Um, by the nature yeah. of that, I think men. Uh, by I, just because of how we're wired I, I would say that that's the the, the, the case there is just Sexist is sex in other words. You know, yeah but i mean but yeah. <laughs> the, the, the question of, and this is where the article is right though where people want to keep the relationship secret right is is where uh the the, the longstanding joke that I've heard from other men is, is that like fat women is like being on a vespa like it's fun to be on but uh you don't want to be caught you know yeah with, with yeah. your friends uh to where <laughs> but I mean men will still do it that's the thing whereas I think women I think are far more thinking about other standards as well, not just perhaps sexual fitness. Right.
1: I mean, I will say I've seen I've seen more women just do absolute like mental acrobatics to justify why like the a bottom of the barrel dude is a catch than the reverse. I mean, maybe. I think men, men will let women get away with murder if they're sufficiently hot, but God forbid yeah. your pen's overweight, you know.
0: Ah, uh, maybe
1: okay 20 let's let's say, but, let's but, say
2: maybe, uh, th- maybe this comes maybe this is where you're also right uh about the class issue yeah but i don't a have a normal class perception. of men would be okay yeah. with a, a much larger woman doing whatever they want if he's still getting some um th- that i think has a, a role to play in it whereas i think a, a wealthier or a man who has some power and authority even if he's a slob right can definitely pull yeah i guess
0: yeah I,
1: mean, I think i think you're right. i mean i i'll, I'll say this like wealthy men definitely prefer thin women. And yes. as you, you know, as you become more middle class and working class, and that's when you're, you can afford to be obese, even.
2: Well, I mean, that's where the highest percentage of obesity is in the country is within the lower working classes of the country. So yeah, yeah. That, that I would wholeheartedly agree, because even even like wealthy nerds, like we, we saw this most perfectly with sort of just a the, the Jeff Bezos post-divorce type kind of, where, you know, he's done everything that he can, whether with drugs or not to get ripped. I mean, he's tried to rearrange his image in the same way that even Elon Musk was basically Norwooding and balding. And when he was starting with PayPal and now he's got a full head of hair and everything, I mean, it's, there, there's something that's definitely there. And I mean, you can also see this in reflection to, um, certain, uh, you know, a word, uh, elective procedures when it comes to dealing with pregnancy that there's a bell curve distribution of who gets it, both the lower, uh, poor, lower classes compared to wealthy women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I wonder like who has it worse. And I know that we've analyzed this, is it like, but like saying who has it worse fat men or fat women, it's kind of like, not the point. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I I mean, I
1: think there's different, I mean, there, there's different, uh, different kinds of harms. I don't think one has it worse. I think both, both are probably, you know, have to live with, will my partner cheat on me? I don't think that's worse for one or the other. Uh, they both have to deal right. with being visible. They both have to deal with like, not being seen as a fully sexual being there's, I mean, there's so many things I think men, um, I don't even want to say men are more humiliated, but I think maybe it's just different kinds of humiliation. Um, You know, I would not say that a a woman is more privileged because she can, you know, get a guy to come, you know, ass fuck her with a bag over her head. (laughs) But I mean, you know, like, that's not, all right, (laughs) sure. But, like, being, I think being uh, reduced to a wet hole is just as bad as having to go see a prostitute.
0: Probably, yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) Men are more likely to be oh my god yeah well like i alluded to that software underbelly episode recently that really uh that woman was a psycho did you see that one prude no i did not oh god yeah it was the it was the cuckold one like that yeah she like controls this dude's life and it's terrible it's just oh my i was disturbed put it that way and uh, the guy the guy's like dr told,
1: phil episode i've gotta send you you're gonna lose your mind
0: yeah 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 i used to watch Doc- dr phil on the rag but then i'm like why am i doing this so oh my because god because it's
2: jerry springer with a, a, a slight facade of emotional upper class and emotional investment yeah like that, yeah. that if you want to peek into the soul of america i really do think sometimes you just need to turn on dr phil
0: yeah pretty much even like when They're doing like politics episodes. Like, they had did did they have who do they have, James Lindsay or Matt Walsh? On,
2: uh, it was I think it was Matt Walsh who was on, but I mean, yeah, uh, Dr. Phil is just like the long standing tradition of like the 1980s shock jock and yeah, shock TV, host. yeah. So, I yeah, mean, re- yeah. between your Phil Donahue's, Oprah's, and Morton Downey Jr.'s of the world, I mean, who just went to Jerry Springer and Dr. Phil and. I guess it's come to the internet in some degree, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, sport, it, it really yeah. is a voyeuristic form of entertainment of some of the more hurt and cruel aspects of
0: modern life. But that's what I mean. Like, that's why I'm so crossed with soft underbelly mm-hmm. because like, and the one and I agree that like, you have to tell these people stories and you have to like, like, but then it becomes this like weird, like bourgeois, like vicarious exploitive enta- entertainment. Like exploitation media, like it becomes it like, like I I think like uh, and maybe it's not the intent of what's his name Mark Mark Lilla, but like it's like the same conclusion is always the same. It's always like I know I repeated myself. The same conclusion is uh always like this liberal mushy acceptance. Like if there was no judgment in the world, I wouldn't be this way, or I'd be like comfortable with the fact that like I'm on the edge of civilization. It's like, no, that's not the solution. That's like, I don't know. I'm just, I get morally enraged when people talk about, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. It's like, you know, you have to judge because people are living like self-destructive lives. What are you going to do? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe making too much of it. I don't know. They're addicting though. I will say they are addicting. Yeah.
2: Oh, well, I mean, exploitation and misery porn is unfortunately always going to be addicting because it's just yeah. like, ha, look at these people that have it um, worse than me. I mean, the, I'm not going to lie. There was a part in Pig Hag where I did just sort of I, I, I just kind of laughed at the misery where I was just like, I shouldn't be laughing at this like fat woman crying and having an asthma attack, basically. But at the same yeah. time, like, you kind of can't help but laugh because I feel like well,
1: she's also <laughs> not I think if she was a sweetheart, you'd probably but just she's not likable. That's yeah, she's totally unlikable, I mean, and I think that's sort of that's the cruelty of the film that we we. I mean, it's a cruelty and the genius because they never make an effort to make her likable, but you do. You only see these like glimpses of her being human. But you could you could theoretically sit through that whole film and just be like, yeah, forget this one, fellas.
0: Do you think we should have a surprise guest on who wants into the chat? Sure. Sure. Gonzalo Lira has requested to be in the chat so i mean let me,
1: let's let's not uh let's not make it about ukraine but i'd be happy to talk about
0: yeah topic. sure <laughs> sure that's
2: yeah, yeah it's just i wonder i'm curious that, yeah, he, he told you to check your dms
0: yeah yeah let's i'm sending it right now so no yeah. there you go it's stream i wonder yeah he has stream. it's probably yeah he's doing because he has streams in his channel now i i just saw the recent one with uh yeah, alexander Lindsay mccoy on. yeah yeah james Lindsay. On whoa that one felt like out of the blue that was that yeah that was out of the blue I mean I mean I know I'm all critical of James what Lindsay, do
1: you think but... what do you think it'd be like if James Lindsay was your dad your stepdad oh my God that' would be terrible
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, he'd be trying to you know get, engage with his stepchildren with like do you want to see my swords or something just... Just like you, character. you go to
1: Oberlin for the semester and you come back to James Lindsay. <laughs>
0: oh my god! Yeah, like, yeah, he would. But would he send his kid to Oberlin?
1: To Evergreen? Uh, I'm gonna. Write, <laughs> Evergreen. I'm gonna write. Um, I'm gonna write fan fiction where like James Lindsay's kid goes to Evergreen or one, you know, Sarah Lawrence or something.
0: <laughs> does Does James Lindsay have a kid?
1: Yeah, he. I think I think he has two stepchildren. Um oh. I, I don't. I don't love making fun of him because I think he's a really nice guy. I don't. I don't agree with him at all. I think the whole. I. I don't think. I. I don't agree with his theories, but I do think he's a nice guy, maybe it's it's his social yeah. media presence has done him more harm than good.
0: Yeah, we have Gonzalo Lira, my good friend. How are you, my friend? How are you?
4: Pretty good. Now let me tell you about Ukraine.
0: Oh. <laughs> Can we like okay for the purposes you can we say blue yellow country instead because I'm blue kind of yellow country
4: oh, wow. because I'm kind you... of annoyed about yeah 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 let's
0: talk let's talk about BY no
4: let's let's talk about anything else because you know it's talking about it 24/7 is exhausting. So yeah. uh yeah uh default when I heard you say oh let, let's not have him talk about Ukraine I'm like <laughs> completely agree completely <laughs> no that's perfectly fine yeah, it's like talking about one thing all day long is just exhausting. At the end of the day, your brain starts yeah. leaking out of your ears, you know what I mean? So, oh, anyway, yeah. how have
0: you all been? Good. Good. I've been Content Renaissance is moving forward. How have you guys been? Well, yeah, well, Prude, you just you're going to Pequinones after, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, a little over an hour. Yeah, in default, yeah, content's going strong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I need to start my my work day at some point today. <laughs> and speaking of of fatness, I do. I need to go to the, go to the gym. Um, but yeah, everything's everything's going well. I I you know always on the verge of burning out, but that's <laughs> that's life.
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Uh, so you wanted on stream. So uh, the floor is yours, my friend.
4: Oh no! I just had a great stream with James Lindsay, as a matter of fact. We talked for like two and a half hours. Uh, smart man, and it was just a lot of fun because I'm doing this uh, new show called The Roundtable, and uh, yeah, just uh, uh it's it's supposed to be uh, uh, like a like an online salon. It's 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 oh, sort yeah. of like just a free flowing conversation as opposed to having you know like I, I don't want it to be like all structured. I want it to sort of like uh, you know when you go to a dinner party and you just start randomly chatting about whatever you find interesting. And it was a lot of fun. And James is a, a very capable guy and very, very smart and very well-read. And so it was a delight. You guys would get along, Gio. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually tried on my – well, we tried on our older podcast to uh set up a debate between James and Alex Kashuta because they had this uh, big spat on Twitter. Um, about and what? That, because well, about the postmodernism thing
1: but he uh called her a pomo fascist which i don't know who
4: called alex. who a pomo fascist james, james called
1: alex, alex. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, is he uh, a pomo fascist like, called... is, uh, no, a- is a woman uh, she, i would not she, i don't i think she is whatever the opposite of postmodern is i don't know all the all the fancy college terms Gio, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, but uh, it's very interesting. I mean, James is an interesting figure. Um, we don't necessarily agree, but I mean, I, I, it would be nice, it would be nice to talk to him one day. I don't know, Prudentialist. I mean, you, you would want to talk to him about certain things, but yeah, I mean,
2: I would, I would love to pick his brain on some of the literature and and his take on things. I just, I know that my agree- disagreement with him would be mainly be on like teleology, just because uh, a lot of his takes, I, I, I find, at least based on what he's written, to be more from an, an
4: atheist perspective, which I'm not. Hey, Prudentialist! I'm gonna. I, good to see you again. I just want to know why you changed your your name, your brand. Weren't you Charlemagne? Before? No, no,
2: Charlotte Charlemagne is a very separate person. Um, yeah. Although that's okay. a running gag that Charlemagne, myself, and a few others are all the
0: same guy. <laughs> they all come from the academic agent sphere. Yeah,
2: yeah, but no, yeah. I know Char, Charlemagne is still working, um, but he's he, he's in the process of a move, so he's he's, he's usually
0: out. in the chat too. So
2: yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, he, he's no, out in a, the middle of nowhere now, though. Uh,
4: academic agent hates me because uh, back in 17, I I just said that, you know, the whole higher education thing was a scam. And that nothing useful was really being taught to people, except maybe in some of the elite universities. But for the most part, people were going there and they were just getting loaded with debt. And academic agent hated my guts ever since, you know, it's, uh, never understood the guy. Is he still around? Is he still uh, putting out yeah,
2: content? Yeah, he's uh, he's been busy. Uh, he does his three weekly shows. He put a book out on Elite Theory, and uh, he's been following the Duran, and uh, when and your appearances on there as well, actually. So yeah,
0: the academic agent of 2017 is different than the academic agent. Oh the yeah, yeah, definitely totally. yeah, two separate so. people. How he's definitely so. well. He's not a libertarian anymore. He's much more of like. Um, what would you say? Uh, I would say uh,
2: he, he is a perennial traditionalist is what I think is the best way to describe it yeah. nowadays.
0: And plus like he's had a falling out with academia as well. So that's another thing. But
4: and, and uh, why, what happened? When, why did he fall out with academia?
0: Uh, what happened? Prudy got doxed or what happened?
2: Uh, I believe so is what had led to him more or less making this his full-time job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he got fired no nah, one's fired i don't know i don't know i, I wouldn't i don't want i wouldn't want to gossip he's been he's been good to me but yeah yeah like uh he's yeah i think i think i mean in 2017 if you would ask said that to me i would be kind of offended but now the like in hindsight i mean i agree it's it's not it's not a good place man i was what, actually talking
4: What's not a good place? I, Academia, I don't
0: the way things are nowadays. Oh, it's garbage. It's been garbage yeah,
4: it's... since the '90s. Uh, uh, you know, and I saw it uh, like at Dartmouth in the mid '90s. It was it was going down the tubes then, and it's garbage now. And the shit that they're teaching—have you ever seen? Have you seen the syllabi of the of the courses now? It's just oh, yeah. this is a joke. It's, it's I can't take it seriously. And I I frankly uh, you know, uh, uh, my degree was worth something once, you know, because it took effort and, and grit and hard work to get my degree. I'm awfully proud of it. But now, you know, you, you just like, you know, sit there and stare. It, it, it's basically high school, public high school, but you pay for it. You know, it's, yeah.
0: I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you're going to
4: graduate, you're going to get a decent grade and you, you look fine on your transcript. You know, you'll get your money's worth. You'll get an empty accreditation. I mean, I'm sorry I feel so strongly about this, but it's like I had to work so goddamn hard for my goddamn degree. Uh, and, and now people get the same degree, you know, uh, with the honors that I got, but they didn't do anything for it. You know, it just pisses me off. I, it's a, oh, yeah. I recently had a conversation with my thesis advisor. Um, I've stayed in touch with her, you know, all these years later. And uh and she was, she was so disappointed in like the standards of the people now and you, you know, we, we we kvetched about that. It was it was kind of like funny, you know, but at the same time kind of sad, you know. So, yeah. 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 But anyway. Wh- so what about uh, you then? Go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna ask what you thought about the stream, like our our <laughs> our movie. Of which streams? Uh were you listening to our uh, discussion of these films or no, which films were you talking about? I'd love to hear. Oh about. yeah, we were talking about these indie films with fat people, and uh, yeah. But how was your stream with Lindsay though? What were you guys talking about mostly?
4: Oh, we were talking about uh, you know the same old, same old. You know the world's going to shit. World Economic Forum. You know
0: life sucks. We got to get out. <laughs> you
4: know I mean the usual. But no, I I want to hear about the the thing about the films and the fat people. That sounds much more interesting.
0: Yeah, we covered three films. Uh, heavy which is a Cindy film from 95. Um, yeah. This other one called Fatso, not the 80s one. It's like this Scandinavian one. And this other one called Pig Hag about this uh, fem cell. Yeah.
4: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I haven't no. seen
4: any of those pictures to tell you the truth.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I know.
4: But, the, uh, the first
0: one you mentioned, what was the name of the first one again? It's called Heavy. It's with Liv Tyler and... Uh, yeah, yeah, and,
4: and with... It, it, and uh, yeah, I remember that guy. That uh, I remember the actor. If you if something Taylor Pruitt or something like that, Vincent Taylor Pruitt, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, Vincent yeah. Taylor Pruitt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually see the movie, but I
4: remember hearing of it.
0: No, it was great. Like it, because it basically depicts like life in small town America. Yeah.
4: When oh, you're you gonna... hear that,
0: do you hear that? Is that a, is that some missiles going off? Yeah. Oh my god! That's
4: uh, Russian artillery.
0: Oh my god! Do you oh. Hear it? Yeah, it's it's those it's those uh that one particular system they have the multi the multi fire one. Um, yeah. whoa, that's surreal, man. That's um, cool.
4: It's it's like coming from like the southeast. Uh, because I can see it's like some glowing. I think I think it's like the the yeah the southeast of the city. Yeah. Because I'm near the center of the city, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that, that's God. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, default friend. You know that that was unintentional. Oh, that's a lie. You know, I told the Russians to start like you know start their artillery fire when I got on because I just wanted to annoy. Uh, default <laughs>
0: <friend>. <laughs> you have uh, a I connection.
1: I hope you're staying safe. I think I, I think I have to start. Uh, hopping off the stream though
0: yeah oh. actually oh, yeah you pretty... have to wrap up actually okay um, no i just just want to say hi you know and, and uh keep on doing what you're doing geo you know keep it up yeah thank you thank you my friend we have to maybe discuss business sometime uh, business this. what we'll business on. there's no, no business
4: to to talk about about what
1: name jesus christ <laughs> 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 invite the man on your show
4: <laughs> content minded
1: oh,
4: Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll we'll set it up and we'll do a a, a stream on the roundtable. That'd be great. And oh, the same for great. you guys, Prudentialist, Default Friend. I'd love to have you guys on. It would be a pleasure, really. Sincerely.
1: Yeah. Sure. Um, that'd
0: be great. Okay. Yeah. Cuz it okay, grew you, his specialty is foreign affairs too, so it could
4: yeah. Okay. Oh, that would be that would be great, you know. Prudentialist, you know, whatever you like it and Default, what would you like to talk about?
1: Uh, I don't know. Let's, 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 let's mull it over. I feel like there's it's, it's usually
0: Tumblr dating with me, but maybe we can, <laughs> maybe we can do something out of left field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you know, resurrect we, the old Coach Red Pill content. That could be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: But, uh, yeah, you guys have my... Uh, my uh, Prudentialist, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, to tell you the truth, but if you are, I'll follow you, and uh, you guys can DM me, and we can set something up. I'd be delighted. It would be a pleasure. Okay?
0: Yeah, he is prude you there i think his internet's
4: yeah 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 no i'm here yeah okay so you guys take it easy and i'll catch you guys soon bye
0: yeah thank you take care thank you for coming along. yeah and uh i think this is wrapping up do you guys have any final thoughts or is it i mean we've extended our
2: no uh, i I thought uh, that the three films or provided some interesting takes i thought that the third one uh, pig hag was the most interesting just because it was uh, a, a fat woman's perspective A large, whatever the way you want to call it A, a woman of weight, a people of size However uh, people want to call it these days I thought that was the most interesting one Because it felt the most like a confessional um, Just because we don't usually get to see That perspective the most Whereas the 2008 fatso really is the forerunner For a lot of potential trans discourse
0: Yeah, yeah And uh, final thoughts Default Um <laughs>
1: I don't know. I think I've said everything that needs to be said. Um, yeah. That it's been a it's been a nice discussion.
0: Yeah, and a lot of those films hit close to home as well. Uh <laughs> so it was amazing. Um, but yeah, that that was yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we could share this and uh we'll we'll think of something maybe more uh G-
1: g- gumbo for fat people. Yo, gummo for uh, fat. I mean, gumbo. gummo for fat people is just gummo, right? Like,
0: <laughs> there was fat people in gumbo. Yeah.
1: You know, I was thinking I was going to write some. This is my final thought. I was going to write a response to the the, the Crumpler piece that went viral, but I thought it would just. I, I like. Why am I inserting myself in that? It's why give business. him oxygen.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no. I just feel like it's like I. There's there's enough response pieces. I don't need to add my own to the mix. However. With, it sounds like all these people want to like make the next gummo and the original gummo just like, wasn't that good. And that's, that, that was my thought. That was the thought I was having today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Like, well, it's funny. Cause in my, my Twitter space with Astro, we were talking about gummo quite a bit. Um, but yeah, Harmony Cream being more of a complex figure. Than he what people- also
1: knows so much more about film than a lot of these new, new folks do like harmony current really knows his shit i mean he went to tish and like you know he yeah he's very well watched
0: oh yeah yeah he's well even like but i feel like uh he was the real brains behind his relationship with larry clark so it's like
1: definitely oh my god later larry clark films are just i mean um there's that one you want to talk about
0: exploitation i mean yeah, yeah
1: yeah um he has um a great book called I can't even say the name of the book, but it's a crack up at the uh, you know, blank riots. Uh that it's it's a really interesting book and it really gets you inside the mind of Harmony Corinne.
0: Yeah. Pizza the Hut, the story of Autophagy, what is that? My God. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. There was well, cause he was known more for like those crass ones like uh kids or uh like yeah, like really, like, you know, small Whereas this these films that we covered, it's almost like a weird sympathetic take on small town America.
1: Yeah, and... I will. I will say that I think Julian Donkey Boy like doesn't really get its due. Mm. Um, someone mentioned Mr. Lonely in the chat. I think those are the two best current movies. Um, yeah, they're really like I've, I find them like very moving in a way that his other films aren't.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, maybe we'll we'll when we do another film analysis thing, maybe we'll uh uh we'll we'll mention kareen more uh i say kareen i don't know why um i learned a lot about films from kareen but also too calculated like Gallo's criticized yeah i mean the problem is Gallo. um like he didn't he doesn't have enough of output so yeah is that you in the chat default or you have a different channel
1: um i mean that's the person who is called default friend is is me yeah
0: oh okay i'll make you a janny actually maybe i'll (laughs) make you (laughs) anyways this has been great uh we've had good viewership for midday which is you know only eaa pulls off that but uh yeah so what do you guys have coming up i know maybe next week on content minded i think i'll probably release the jeff the not jeff the josh neal episode probably so and if i say it it has to become real so what do you guys have so uh you're recording with Pete Quinones? And uh, yeah, the, uh... so I'll
2: be recording with Pete Quinones this afternoon. I'll be uh, going over Chapter 6 of AA's book, The Populist Delusion, talking exclusively about Bertrand de Juvenile, and uh, that'll be a good time. Uh, this nice. Sunday, I'm going to be reviewing and talking about that article you sent me um, about in- the return of industrial warfare, which I've yeah. been reading, and it's been very, very good, so I'm going to give a lot of talk on that. Uh, Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern is the Sunday stream, the best place for international relations and affairs. And then I'll be publishing on Substack a a short little uh, essay. It's a little of an auto ethnographic piece that I submitted to Cars and Women magazine about life um, and sort of coming back to life after uh, my transplant. And then, of course, I, I will continue to shill the IM-1776 Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Everywhere at the end of the West, which I'm very Wait, let me put of. this
0: in the chat, actually. Let me put it in the chat. Uh, I was reading it. Um, I read the whole thing, but I wonder if I still have the tab if I forgot. No, I'll find it. I'll find it. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere at the end of the West. Yeah. I, I've been called
2: Mark Fisher three times now, so I guess I'm doing yeah. something right.
0: I wonder if... Uh, certain people get pissed off at you for that though uh, <laughs> I mean, no i did get i did get an that...
2: angry i did get an angry uh post against it because i was basically posting sorrow porn uh um, well
0: yeah but that's like not the leftoid critique of
2: no 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 that yeah, was that like, was a, oh my god
0: dare you read my figure? um there's some like um acceler- not acceleration but like there's some like people like l- like landians i might have on my show soon who have a podcast um that are doing good content but uh yeah that i mean i really loved your piece i remember reading I oh i read the secret knowledge i read the draft of it so beforehand yeah so, yeah. Yeah, yeah um but yeah you the ending was really great um so yeah default what do you have to show you have uh just when is my adam lands episode coming up by i the was way, gonna
1: Yeah. Okay. So I had to, you know, what issues I had with everything. Um, The podcast on
0: Apple, and yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I probably, hopefully, uh, if this weekend isn't crazy, um, next week everyone's going to get three more hour long. I think ours might be two hours long. (laughs) So like, uh, too many hours about Adam Lanza, Um, and yeah. I mean, I, I I published with Return twice a week, God willing. Tablet twice a week, God willing uh i'm always updating my sub stack I, I have too much content y'all know where to find me if you're interested <laughs>
0: yeah return's been great i would love to publish in return one day That's, i just
1: yeah look hit me up you know outside the stream and we can make it happen
0: yeah yeah so this is the end folks thank you very much for another amazing episode next week we'll be on prudentialist channel if i recall and uh uh, we'll 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 talk about like we'll what?
2: we'll cook something up very special for you. But also, don't forget if you're wanting to see every episode, ah, uh, if you go to my channel and you go to playlists, there is a digital archipelago playlist, so you don't have to worry about where episode three is, where episode four is, et cetera, et cetera. You can watch them all in order. Um, uh, the the distributist one was on mine last week, and it's been doing pretty good. So we we yeah. we're having amazing guests like the Dave or default friend. Things have been amazing.
0: Yeah, and uh, I will. Maybe I'll be in the process of uploading them to Odyssey as well. You don't mind if I download your episodes and upload them? Oh
2: no, 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 that's perfectly fine. I was All gonna. Right. I, I need to do the same because some of my uh, hours are sometimes too long to do the auto upload.
0: Yeah, yeah. God, God's say, H. Let's talk about noise instead of metal. I'm not too familiar with noise apart from the Edge Lord stuff, like Boyd Rice. But uh, noise is definitely. I wanted to get into Marsbow. I know Marsbow has these like short films that are like very creepy and uh futurist and it's amazing so yeah thank you very much everyone god bless goodbye um maybe i might stream on saturday i don't know i'll see what happens but next week on content minded mega four hour theory cell extravaganza with josh neal talking about his new content his new essays it's really amazing it's really great and we i promise you we do not talk about his book american Extremists because he's you know he's talked with everybody about that so uh, but it's a great book. Going by American Extremists. Um, God bless and goodbye. Follow everyone, all the links are in the chat to Prudentialist subscribe start to Default Substack to my Substack as well. I believe I'm gonna have a piece out next week, hopefully. And also patreon.com slash productions. You can finally search it because I am allowed to have it as safer work now because I was just annoyed because of certain artworks I cover have nudity in them, but because they're only audio. Um, and they're paywalled. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And also, um, I'm continuing my series. I don't show this enough, but I'm midway through the China Reviews um, review series. I'm covering Byung Chil Han's Psychopolitics. I'm halfway through the book. So, every Sunday or Monday, I drop a new episode. And perhaps I have other articles in the work. I know Prudentialist, you also have a series on your Subscribestar where you cover articles. Um, uh, different- yeah,
2: every every week there's a new article that I cover on international relations and foreign policy. It's called flipping through foreign affairs and uh, live reading, reaction, and analysis every week for my patrons.
0: Amazing! And default, uh, do you still do the advice columns with with uh, Delicious Saco? Yeah, I
1: do. He actually just reached out to me today, and he's telling me I've been slacking on them. So we're, yeah. we're out with some more.
0: You should release the incel one for the free. In- the incel but- one. Don't you have an ins? You you're asked about the insult question in that one.
1: Oh, there was that was a really long time ago. Yeah, I I, yeah. I this this was just me that I I actually I used to do the advice column with some, with a normie, right? So right. All, all the old columns uh, are either me or some normie guy. Um,
0: <laughs> nice, <sighs> but now you get delicious tacos. It's it's so very much, much it very much is a contrast. It's like it's like you're kind of like you know modeling shoegaze and his advice columns are like death metal so it's very good contrast um but thank you all for god bless goodbye see you next week doing the too sweet you know on the camera and uh yeah see you next week all right bye everyone see ya yeah oh i guess cat.